Coming to you from somewhere along the Ohio-West Virginia border, welcome to Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't. We thank you so much for hitching a ride along with us today. I'm your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and with me as always are my two esteemed co-hosts. I'm the Lord Ketchum. And I'm Dave, King of the Road. Welcome once again, hitchhikers, as we continue to celebrate this is Halloween month here on the highway, where we are reviewing all 11 installments of the Halloween franchise in six weekly episodes for the month of October. Last Tuesday on the 15th with episode 22, we covered Halloween H20 from 1998 and the shitter Halloween Resurrection from 2002. And we'll finish up on Halloween Day with the latest entry, Halloween from 2018, and a franchise recap for episode 25. But this week, we continue our journey through all things Halloween with the Rob Zombie entries into the Halloween franchise, Halloween from 2007, and Halloween 2 from 2009 for episode 23. Guy's watching us. What guy? The guy over there. Every town has its mysteries. Is the Boogeyman real? Why are you so obsessed with the Boogeyman town? Every family has its secrets. He's come back for his baby sister. Every legend... Michael? ...has its beginning. Are you saying Michael did this? Halloween. Rated R. In, theaters in this bold, re-envisioned retelling of John Carpenter's iconic classic tale of terror, Halloween from 1978, Rob Zombie doesn't quite go full Rob Zombie in this entry, although this does happen in Halloween 2 from 09. He does ramp up the gore, violence, vulgarity, and nudity in true Rob Zombie fashion. Oh, and of course, Sherry Moon Zombie is a cast member. Oh, you have to have her. There'll never, be a, Ro- stays there'll in the never picture. be a Rob Zombie movie without her. I have to agree with you on that. Hey, buddy, just to give you a heads up, I got a Taco Supreme talking back at me and spoilers talking back at you. So it's going to be a while. (laughs) Get into it. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. Before he started to make his own Halloween movie, Rob Zombie made the choice to inform John Carpenter about it. And I guess Carpenter's response was more or less, make it your own. Yeah. He did. He did. With the first and second, but for it's this <laughs> episode, it's he just... He made the second his own. Yeah. Absolutely. Before they were going to go with Rob Zombie's uh, vision here, Dimension was about to greenlight Halloween The Missing Years, which would have been a prequel set within the early days at the asylum with a young Michael Myers. Hmm. Doesn't move the young. needle? No? For either of Not you? Not really. It, I know that they were going to do um, Michael Myers versus Pinhead. Um, that was, that, talked, that was about. talked about. I'm glad. I, to be honest, yeah, I'd, rather see, I'd rather see that, though, over that. You know, I like how Zombie 
portrayed did did the, the we'll we'll talk about it but you know the, the youth aspect of Michael Myers. But I think the Pinhead Michael Myers you know versus movie would have been better idea than really the prequel years. See, I would uh, have more interest in the prequel than a mashup to be honest. Right on. It would have just been his prequel years. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. I don't know, man. Mm. I think that'd get kind of dull pretty quick. I mean, I think I'm a little higher on it with than you guys. It doesn't really do nothing for you. It does a little something for me, but it's not like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Right. No. no. It's the <laughs> same idea as, as if we felt like Halloween 4 had been continued with Jamie being the killer, and there would have been that whole like transition sequel where we watched mm-hmm. Jamie become the serial killer, which, I mean, yeah. I, in hindsight, I, I feel like I would have been fine with. Well, that if, if you were well. to, if you were to really put me against the wall, and I know I defended five heavily, but <laughs> if you were to put me back against the wall, they could have they could have done a good sequel with just Jamie as being a, you know, psychotic. Man, I always, you know, I agree with that. Uh, like I said, I just I would have a hard time buying her as a. With the right Killer. director, I would uh, buy it. Yeah. I don't know. Hence, maybe, you know, cue John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't think know. he'd want to inherit that mess, to be honest. You know, it's such a uh, good I transition think to what he That's was, the guy, you know, that's the guy that could have made that mess right, though. It really well, is. Potentially. It's hard but, to write a ship when it's that far off course, bro. Especially by. <laughs> We're I talking mean, about a master. You can make an argument that you're the one that set it on that course. By right, making exactly. the sibling the aspect. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, you can gather fairly quickly that Rob Zombie placed the first act of this movie where we have young Michael Myers in the late 70s, early 80s, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That'd be mm-hmm. accurate. So that would... It's uh, hard to tell the generation because they, they are really throwing things in there that are very modern way of... To be honest, I think it's the 80s. Because, um, you know, it's... Let's see, he was 10 years old when he committed the crimes, 15 years later, it's 25 years, and he's, he's 25 years old. I think this the movie's set in at present time. I would, yeah, that, so I, I would agree. So it's 2007, like, yeah. it's 25 years later, you know, so, yeah, so 1982. Okay. That's where I ballpark it. But Dag Fairch, who plays young Michael Myers in this, he's a... Uh, He's an odd-looking kid, and I really think that adds something to to the performance. And just note, and I think it's just kind of, I don't know, maybe, it, I, I mean, I realized this, but I didn't really think about it too much until I saw it. This is the first movie that Michael Myers speaks. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind I'm fine of, with it, you know. Yeah, I am too, and it's weird because that's kind of like the rule. Michael Myers doesn't speak, but... He's a kid. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, I found that to be interesting. Yet, you know, he's just taking the first steps. We're seeing the processing of this. Yeah. But I, I think you kind of get the impression with the original is that he was, you know, pretty much from that moment where he killed Judith, he was just shut down. Right. There was no dwindling away. The dwindling had already happened, or the break. You know. Yeah. So, obviously, we already touched on it wouldn't be a Rob Zombie movie if Sherry Moon Zombie wasn't in it. She plays Michael's stripper mother, Deborah. And there's actually some reason for this, other than just it's she's banging the director. (laughs) Uh, 
Rob Zombie wanted someone that was kind of tall to explain Michael Myers' height as when he's an adult. Okay. So there's a there's a little. How tall is she? I don't know. She ain't that tall. I know dude. Tyler, Tyler Mayne is six eight. Yeah, dude, that's that's really not, tall. Yeah, so. very tall. No, Sherry Moon Zombie isn't that that tall. My God, she's probably only I'd say maybe five six or something. I don't know. I know Rob Zombie's short, but I think she's taller than him. Not by like a whole bunch, but I think so. Hmm. I need to research this. <laughs> Get on that. Lord. Google's yeah. it. Do to the Googles. <laughs> <laughs> But you gotta love that breakfast scene in the morning uh, <laughs> there with uh, her and William Forsyth, who plays Ronnie White, Ugh. and a baby, which is Lori. Uh, then Judith, played by Hannah Hall, who is most famously uh, the young Jenny from Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, run! And finally, young Michael, Dave Farage. What an asshole, Ronnie. Man. Boy, he is. Got to meet yeah, him he's, in Warhound, too. Yeah. Yeah, huh? he's embarrassingly bad as a father. I mean, or oh, okay. I, was, I thought you were talking about like his no, acting. I was no. like, man, oh man, that was he's, a he's just a, a, yeah. You don't want to be around him. No, he's no. slimy. He's yeah. creepy. Yeah, and not like, but I don't know. I think that that's William Forsythe. He's he's such a good actor, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> he was my very first horror hound weekend guest that I ever went to go meet. Yep. So yeah, pretty cool. Cool guy. But did you know that he actually injured his leg prior to shooting, which is why his leg is in a cast. That's actually legit. Yeah, wow. okay. So uh, they just added the arm brace to kind of, you know, add into it, and it just kind of worked okay. its way into it. It just worked. And that's funny, too, because, you know, in that scene, he's like, well, come over here and sit on my pole, bitch, or something like that. I bet you that line wasn't even in the movie until, you know, that shit happened. <laughs> I'm sure there was... <laughs> Ad lib in there. Oh, involved. for sure. I mean, he, yeah. yeah. Some improv. Yeah, you can tell Zombie allows ad libbing in this movie. Yeah. Well, and Forsyth is, I mean, yeah. he's a Rob Zombie regular, yeah. so yeah, I agree with that. So, the one thing that is the common thread in all of Rob Zombie's movies is his penchant for having extremely vulgar dialogue. Yeah. Uh, case in point, the bathroom scene at the school where the. Uh, Two bullies go in there on uh, young yeah. Michael Myers. What are your guys' thoughts on the amount of vulgarity that he puts in his movies? Do you feel like it's overkill? Do you feel it's adequate? Not enough? It's overkill to me. In I, this one, or the second one, or both? Mostly this one. That, really? That opening stuff with, yeah, with Ronnie and, and then this. We were talking about the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, I cannot... Watch that with my kids. Oh, no. And I like to watch the Halloween movies with my kids. They love Michael Myers, and I try not to refuse them. But this is this is a part of the movie that I, I am, 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 you know, I have to fast-forward through. Well, you haven't let your ch- your child. No, Adrian has yeah, not so. seen the Rob Zombies. And honestly, after doing the rewatch of both of them, I'm like, nope. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I disagree with you. I think part two is way worse. Like, I really? even said to myself, man, I wish I would have started a fuck count. <laughs> right. Because yeah. it is yeah, two explored is regularly um, in that one, okay. in my personal opinion, than this one. I'm not saying that this opening breakfast scene isn't very, you know, uh-huh. graphic, because it is. But I don't know. I just think It would the be uncomfortable one, as hell listening to it oh, with your kids. I, there's no way. It. There's no way. Yeah. No. In the first one, there's like a lot of shit talking. 
cussing. Yes. You know, where, you know, which is okay, you know, but then you get the just blatant throwing fucks, you know, all the time and stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's not really actually good writing. You know, that's, it's kind of just mailed lazy. in almost. Yeah. It's lazy writing, you know, so. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I don't know. There's a difference. But it's, there's it's, a good way to curse. It's know. presenting that there's people out here like this, and that's the kind of. And there this movie's not. Are. This movie is not made like you know in the past. You know where you might be able to let your kid, you know, at a younger age, start watching these movies. You do, you know. Um, but this one, yeah, it just it's zombied. You know, he yeah. likes his language. Yeah. But one thing that Rob Zombie does, and I love this, is he puts uh, past-their-prime actresses and actors in his movies from yesteryear. And uh, we get Richard Lynch, who plays Principal Chambers and uh, Keeper of Dead Cats in his desk. Uh, but he uh, was in Puppet Master 3, Too Long yeah, to Revenge, as Major Krause. He was in Bad Dreams from 88 as Cult Leader Harris. He was in Invasion USA as the bad guy for Chuck Norris. He was basically any bad guy that there could be in the 80s, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how he got the scars? No, I don't. Do you know, no. King? It was a bad LSD trip back in 67. I guess he set himself on fire. Uh, in Central Park behind the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Really? That's... Yes. Really? Yes. He brags about this? No, he doesn't brag about it, but this is a truth. Okay. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And And most importantly, Sid Higgs in this, who was a yesteryear actor. Yes. I knew you were coming to it, but uh, I had to beat you to it. Sid Higgs, (laughs) we recently lost, man. That was one of the legends. One of the guys that Rob Zombie did bring back. From you know, he yeah, resurrected absolutely. him. Absolutely, yes. Honestly, probably the biggest one. Oh, absolutely. And then I'd say probably Bill Mosley second. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Nothing Trump said egg. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. That was Zombie's best creation. So he right definitely on. resurrected him. Good call. But we uh, enter Doctor Loomis, played by the legendary Malcolm McDowell, who was Alex from A Clockwork Orange, the softcore porno Caligula. He was oh. in Cat People from '82. Countless low-budget action, sci-fi, drama, horror, thrillers throughout the '80s to now. Yep. Okay, so have either of you guys seen Caligula? Tell me the truth. Yeah, I have. I, when I, I have watched that unrated while. fucking version of that movie. And it is disturbing. That is that well. Is, the unrated is the flat out. Just that's the porno. If, the one that's like the, just the lesser version. It's like Skinamax. Okay. Well, the one that I've seen is if if you need any sexual fetish, uh, culminated in film, this is where you go. <laughs> okay. We got one of everything. Okay. Right. You name it, and I promise you, it won't let you down. Yeah. I was wow. That's a lot. And so, honestly, McDowell, anytime I see his face, I think of Caligula. I'm like, wow, that guy, that guy's out there. I mean, he's out there in Clockwork Orange, but uh, Caligula. Sure. Yeah. It's more up, huh, than Clockwork? Caligula? Caligula's the most fucked up movie I think I've ever seen. Really? Trump's anything I've seen, yeah. Really? Yeah, I swear to God. You gotta watch it. Okay, right. Not with Why? the kids. Not with well, the kids within yeah, within three all. miles. <laughs> the kids need to be plus they three need miles to be, they need from to spend you. Night someplace else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I promise you. Your grandmas. 
Caligula is that. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's let's talk about McDowell's performance as Loomis here. What what do you got here, King? I mean, this is these are massive shoes to fill Look, here, obviously. Un- unfillable shoes. I agree. Uh, by any standard, they're the unfillable shoes. But, you know, Mal Mac- Mac McDowell admittedly didn't want to watch the first movie so that it didn't interfere with his right. uh, thought processing on acting in this one, which is a fail. I'm sorry. Malcolm McDowell, you're a movie star, and you've never seen Halloween 1978? Um, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to counter this one. Please. Okay? If anybody in America is acceptable. He doesn't want to rip off Loomis. No. You know, you don't want to try to mimic that because it is impossible. You know, and if they're going to do it, you know, I mean, this is a pretty decent portrayal for somebody, you know, who had never seen it. That's my problem with this man as as a human being, though. He's never seen it. That's an insult to me. If you've never seen Halloween 1978 and you're playing the lead uh, protagonist and... But if he, but him watching it might have influenced his portrayal of it. He's Which would have. He would have... Possibly, you know, had started mimicking. That is narcissistic and arrogant for an actor to say. I'm sorry, that guy is an asshole. What if he knows that that's his? That's just how he interprets film, and you know, and when he watches things, it influences how he acts. The same answer. He's narcissistic and he's an asshole. Same answer. I mean, I think it's a sign of respect, to be honest. You know, I see what the Lord's saying here, and I and honestly, Mm -hmm. I, I see what you're saying too, King. But I think I'd have to lean a little more towards what the Lord's going with. But I think this was a phenomenal casting choice, first off. I thought, like... Well, who, who else are you going to get to do it? Well, you know? they considered John Hurt. Charles Cyphers. Charles Cyphers. I, uh, I don't f- know. I Move don't along. know about that. Move along. I'm just talking. You asked, I answered. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. You asked, I answered. <laughs> but I will say, upon this rewatch, I picked up on some of the shortcomings trying to fill these enormous shoes that Donald Pleasance had left. And all in all, I do feel... I mean, this wasn't neither great nor horrible from McDowell here as Loomis. They could have done way, they could have done way worse. Oh, but absolutely. <laughs> I taking what you kind of said there, Lord, about not wanting to try to replicate uh, a portray, you know, Ple- uh, Donald Pleasance's portrayal of Loomis. Uh, I think it's okay. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I said. It's not great. It's not horrible. It's his own style of it. It know? is. I mean. There's nothing wrong with it. No, but when he did an actual Loomis line from the original, which were just they carefully didn't do very placed. many. No, though. they didn't do very many. But when they did, it was very out of place and very like unorganic. Are you serious? Yeah, really? yeah, it stood out to me. It was like, yeah, he's. Did it stand out to you because he it's changed someone else. it a little bit? Though there were some differences. Sure. He does change it intentionally, or but is no? I don't think he did it intentionally. Because you know? you're hearing he somebody that. else for the first time, besides the horrible voiceover in the beginning of H two O, be Loomis, <laughs> seeing somebody be yeah. Loomis. But see, that, I think, you think that has an effect son, on it. Everything about Malcolm McDowell has an effect on it. I mean, again, I really, honestly believe he is a narcissistic asshole of a human being. It's because he's he he thinks he's too good to no, not just because he's in Caligula. <laughs> He's going to I, I know, but he has a, he has an impression of himself that I mean, obviously he's hard to work with. He hasn't been in a whole lot of fucking movies 
other than Clockwork Orange. No, I mean, he was <laughs> well, in a movie called Time After Time. That's actually Yeah, but I'm, okay, we're not talking about um, B-movies or well, deep cuts here, no. Malcolm <laughs> McDowell is not known by the public other than Caligula. He was in Tales Ma- from the you know. Crypt for an episode. I think it was called The Reluctant Vampire. Okay. It, was, it was a badass episode. I feel dude. like he's a very obscure actor. All right. right and okay. so I'd, like, I'd like to meet him. Yeah, all that. Oh, I'll awesome, take his man. autograph. I'll pay for it. <laughs> right. I won't have a great experience with him because he's a narcissistic asshole. Wait, would you How tell do him you know that? that? I promise you. I promise you, man. I can read the motherfucker. This guy is not a ge- you know. Wow. This isn't rocket science uh, psychology. I can look at this guy and his fucking outtakes from the film hey, and his ability though. to act in this film <laughs> and tell you that this guy is a narcissistic asshole. All right, all right. He thinks okay. a lot of himself. I promise you. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Prove him wrong, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Prove him wrong. Get on here, Malcolm. I'll take you on. <laughs> Calling you out. Ding, ding. Ding, oh my ding. God. My goodness. All right, well, the main bully from the school bathroom scene, Wesley, was played by Daryl Sabara, who is most famous from the Spy Kids franchise. Uh, he gets a little roughed up, shall we say, by Michael on oh, the way yeah. home. He's got it coming. He deserved um, it, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, well, I mean, now I'm kind of getting why... Michael is the way he is. You sure. Know? I mean, obviously, he, he some bad seed had already been planted. Sure. You know, but growing up in that kind of environment, fuck, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah, he's moving up from killing animals. I mean, that's brutal stuff. That's a yeah. brutal and pretty shocking open. Like, I remember first seeing that, I was like, damn. Yeah. And the way that Sabara is pleading, I don't know, man. There's, there, there's something there where, I mean, it seemed genuine, like where he's just... I mean, he is literally, I felt like he is pleading for his life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not like, it's not someone acting like pleading for their life. I I don't know. There was, there was something very believable about that. He's seeing the light. (laughs) (laughs) Or the dark. Yeah. Well, he saw the dark. Then I guess he probably saw the light. (laughs) So, do you guys like how the Michael Myers mask is presented in this movie? Which one? The, The... no, the Michael Myers mask oh. that the uh, the boyfriend. You mean the William Shatner mask? Yes, the Shatner mask. The boyfriend Jeopardy Steve. music. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dig at Matt. Sorry, go ahead. But the, the Judas boyfriend Steve, the mask, the how the Michael Myers mask. Uh-huh. All right, do you guys like how it's brought into this movie? How it's brought in? Yeah, how it's introduced. No, I thought it was too early. Okay. You know, I think they should have stuck with you know how the original was done, and he'd got he acquired it later on. After he had broken out from yeah. Smith's Grove. I mean, it is kind of creepy, you know, when he comes out after killing Judith, and he's yeah, got attacking her in the hallway. It's it, weird. The, the camera is a little shaky and everything, you know. It's, it's zombie, you know, just how zombie. he does it. But it is it looked that, that played out pretty well. Mm. But I mean, I think it could have been played out better. He just received it later on. But it wouldn't have been all grungy and shit, and that's why, you know, Zombie wanted it all grungy. Maybe he could buy a mask like that, but, or, you know, sure. they make them like that. But oh, We're going to unroll the king eye roll counter for this part. This is eye roll number one. <laughs> <laughs> the r- reveal Can't wait of the mask. This. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of it either. I'm with you, Lord. I I say, you know, obviously he. No, I like the mask. I no, no, I no, I do too. I'm saying the way it was introduced. Okay, right. Uh, I'm with you. I think we should have left it the way that it was, as it was in the '78 version. To be totally honest with you, 
and yeah, just make the mask where you that's how you buy it. It's all like zombied out, yeah. you know. I'm okay with that. So what you got, Kane? I mean, I know for a fact from collecting masks for a few years that they don't last no twenty years or fifteen years. <laughs> well and if even if they're, you know, buried under the floorboards of your attic, uh it's not just gonna come out of there with cracks and So it would have been way more it. decayed. It would have been like sticking together like a friggin' glue trap with a mouse yeah, in it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, they would have been... There was a lot of dirt and shit down there. Uh, well, the temperatures, it has to be just right. And then they're talking Chicago right. area. No, not Chicago, but Haddonfield. It's in the Chicago area. If you right. look it up on a map, it's right next to Chicago. Maybe Langdon. Yeah, maybe Langdon. <laughs> I'm completely bullshitting you. There's no Haddonfield near Chicago. Cue the Jeopardy music again. <laughs> but, okay, King, the, the look of the mask. Do you like the way... Pre-zombied, do you like the way that it looked? I I think they effectively convinced me that the same uh, mask just, you know, aged and developed, (laughs) you know, into a cracked... I mean, they did a good enough job convincing me. I was like, okay, yeah, I know how a mask ages, and that's not it, but I'll I'll allow it. Because it looks looks better than what it actually would, so... Okay, all right. Because you don't want to see a mask in a condition like that. And you definitely want to try to put it on. Before young Michael Myers goes on his soon-to-be-murderous rampage, he's sitting at the table eating the nastiest candy, in my personal opinion, that there is. Candy corn and circus peanuts. Yuck. I like candy corn. Yeah. Do you? I do. I enjoy it. Do you like circus peanuts? No. Okay. What about you, King? I feel like... Uh, I know Jerry LaRue is going to be pissed if, he, nah, if he's bullshit. listening to this. Circus peanuts are a bomb. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, circus Jerry, peanuts go great. I'm not great. a big fan of circus Alfie peanuts. Will. I like how you you used it, though. You know, yeah. Everything. You know what circus peanuts go good with? What's that? White Claw. Oh. <laughs> that's, seltzer, that's seltzer beer. Yeah. yeah. Claw is law. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's, I haven't it's had the it. claw. It's the claw. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> All right, so this made me curious for each of you guys. What's the best and what's the worst Halloween candy for you? What do you got, Lord? Oh, uh, the worst candy? Almond Joys. Okay. Or Mounds. <laughs> I'm with you. Are you not a coconut fan? No, okay, no I'm not, not either. So, yeah. Those okay, are... hey, is it the texture? It's it's yeah well I mean it's just you don't hate the taste of coconut. It gets in between my teeth and shit. You don't like the texture. No, I'm not a big fan of coconut flavor anyway. But the flakes and shit kind of get my teeth. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not a fan. We're on the same team with coconut flakes. Oh, dude, I promise you. Same. I don't like coconut. There's only one thing I like coconut (laughs) on was my aunt Margie's German chocolate cake, and my aunt Margie ain't around anymore, so I don't have coconut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll take I'll take candy corn. Listen, yeah, I kind of have a problem with your candy corn hate. Uh, that's <laughs> that's kind of tiptoeing on uh, sacrilege Halloween fans. I'm encroaching. Hitchhikers, what, yeah. what is your favorite? Do you guys like candy corn? Let us know, please. I'm a Reese Cup boy. I didn't get to mention that. Oh, that's your favorite? You. I like what? Twix. That's your favorite? Yeah. You love my bag full of Reese Cups, and I'm a happy fat kid. I'm a, when I'm a chocolate caramel guy. You know? I like it. Soft caramel? Like all any melt in your mouth care more like any that kind. hard shit that you got to chew on. Oh, I like Werther's Originals. Yeah, that's you know, fine. Like, but I'm talking about that like real hard caramel that you like really got to oh, like, yeah. stretch and all to yeah. like break. I don't like that shit. 
that shit traps my teeth. Like sugar daddies <laughs> and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get I get I get caught on a sugar daddy sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I like try to rip daddy. it out of my, my mouth. My teeth don't like it, but <laughs> yeah. I enjoy it. To be honest, so. <laughs> I like the taste of yeah. one. So candy corn, circus peanuts, yeah, they're the bottom rung for me. Um, I've always been a Skittles fan. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Taste the rainbow, Mayor. <laughs> he he tries to guess which colors they are. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. He's like, I can tell what color it is by the taste. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> what oh, color I... is this? <laughs> <laughs> you popped me on that All one. Right. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh. So, Michael duct tapes a passed out drunk Ronnie to the recliner and slashes his throat. Okay? That's pretty brutal. Yeah, um, to be honest, I think I have been drunk enough to where somebody could have done that to me, to be honest. I agree. Um, Same here. So, I totally buy that. You know? I do too. Yeah. So I, I will allow it, Michael. Yeah. Because I was questioning it at first. I was like, wait a minute. Nobody in their right mind would let this happen. Yeah, and I'm like, guy. okay, wait a minute. He's shit-faced. And I've been shit Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally totally believable. I agree. He's the next level of irresponsibility, too, than we are. So, like, <laughs> yeah. clearly, yeah, this is easy to believe. You want to talk about a guy who wakes up and goes to bed with <laughs> one fuck to give. <laughs> oh, this that's is him. the guy. He goes back to sleep with it, too. He sure does. He passes <laughs> out with it. <laughs> and then uh, Steve, Judas' boyfriend, played by Adam Wiseman, he gets a pretty ruthless aluminum bat. Uh, Cool. Baseball bat ah! makes you want to wince and cringe. It's believable. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then of course Judith, she gets stabbed in the stomach, and uh, Michael puts on the Shatner mask, and he repeatedly just slashes her down the hall the hallway. Yeah. And I found it a little weird that Michael was touching Judith. You know, like weird little yeah. sexual manner and everything. You know. Uh, I was like, uh, Michael Myers doesn't know all about that. I mean, I, I guess that's his little nod, I guess, to a six yeah. or I, some shit. I mean, yeah, but... Perhaps. Didn't think about that. I'd be the only thing I think. I mean, I in know, part eight, you know, the previous movie before this, he kisses his sister and doesn't pull away, so I mean... Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. That is true. Yeah, very yeah. true. But Rob Zombie pays homage to the original while putting his own twist on it, and... What I'm talking about is the scene once Sherry Moon Zombie arrives home, and then you see all the aftermath with the reporters and you know the ambulances and everything. I, I thought that was a extremely realistic. I thought <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie hey. gave a very she at least gave a more realistic reading. I know exactly where you're going, yeah. man. I, yeah. yeah, the exact yeah. yeah. But I really anything yeah. was better. <laughs> I, I, but I, yeah, she she I do agree. And that. I'll be honest with you, I really. Thought that she was exceptional in this movie. I thought yeah. she did a really good job. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, do you put, like this portrayal better than Baby? In no. no. Okay. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen Three from Hell yet, but no. Okay. So in either movies? No. Okay. Yeah, Baby is about she's that's the number one. Okay. With without question, in my opinion. Cool. Do you guys like seeing young Michael Myers and Loomis with Sherry Moon Zombie, their interactions at Smith's Grove, as when he's still a child? 
do you I, like these scenes? Oh, um, yeah, mm. definitely, dude. I, I, I don't mind them. It gets okay. into the psychology of Michael Myers and the breakdown, right? Especially, you know, the, the major turning point. And, you know, that gives the reason why he just doesn't speak, you know? Yeah. Because you don't want him to be speaking when he's an adult. Right. You know? Okay. So if you're going to allow him to speak earlier on in the movie, you need that yeah. transition period. Okay. Instead of just, oh, he just doesn't speak anymore, you know? Right. You don't want to pull a Jamie in five. Right. Right. Here's my thoughts. If we're, if we're handcuffed to the belief at this point that we're going to watch the backstory of Michael Myers as a child, I don't have a problem with this. But part of the problem I have with this is that we are being handcuffed <laughs> to the backstory of Michael Myers. I hear you. Okay. Uh, two different takes on that, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I can accept well, I mean, it. I mean, I always wanted to see it in, you know, the first, the original movie, you know, mm-hmm. like, what the hell, you know, all of a sudden just hinted. Loomis is a, a doctor and he's known him for 15 years and that's I how he is introduced, you know, Loomis and everything. I liked it. I like it this way. I didn't have to know the backstory when I saw the original. And I I didn't have to know the backstory until I'd seen all the sequels and ran out of shit to think about with Michael Myers. Because then, once I ran out of shit to think about with Michael Myers, I wondered, hmm, I wonder what his backstory is. There's a right way to do a backstory. And there's Mm -hmm. a ton of ways to do it wrong. Yeah. Okay? Um, Like the Texas Chainsaw remakes, you know? Mm. where it gets to the backstory of how he met the family and everything well in that story um it's it i i enjoyed that you know i like them yeah. you know so i don't mind a good prequel i have i enjoyed i enjoy the backstory i know people you know in, in mass populace hates the fact that they did this but yeah i don't know i'm i'm intrigued by it i'm just not right. uh it's not necessary for me it's it's like uh, it's a subject. But you don't want like, to just it. completely rip off Halloween because right. it is a masterpiece no, no. on its own, you know. So right. it's kind of shitty if you just rip it off, you know. I I enjoy it. I'm not I'm I'm a fan of right. going with this prequel shit. I don't no. feel that Loomis's lines are the ones that he does from the original are. I, I just feel like they stick out. Like you can tell it's forced. Uh, that's part of. Where I have an issue with it. Okay, I'm more in line with you, Lord. Uh, I, I I like seeing this. Yeah. I like. I think it's well done, and I honestly, pretty much what you said. I'm. I agree with you. Um. Although I do like the whole mysterious aspect where sure. you just it's not explained. But we had that already, you know. So there, yeah. Valid point. Exactly. I agree. Once again. Um, but we're introduced to uh, Ismail Cruz, played by Danny Trejo, who is hardworking janitor. Slash Ishmael. Ishmael. <laughs> sorry. Goddamn Ishmael. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but he's a hardworking janitor slash inspirational hard-working. speaker. Yeah. Danny Trejo, man. Oh, yeah. He's a cool. legend. He's yeah, a cool guy. He's awesome. He'd be cool to meet. Hell yeah. Oh, I have no doubt. Not like Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell is a you know, narcissistic prick, but... <laughs> Here we go with that shit. Dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you're not, Malcolm. Don't Danny Trejo. Don't Danny Trejo him. is the one of those two <laughs> that you would want to meet if you had a choice, I promise you. In the unrated director's cut, we get uh, young Michael. He begins his mask making yeah. that he does while he's incarcerated. 
Um, and we get more of these scenes and updates over time on his regression and uh, you get Loomis's narration via tape recordings. I think you can honestly tell that Loomis, he genuinely cares about Michael during this time. Like, he is right. concerned about his well-being. He wants to help him. Did you guys take that away? Oh, absolutely. And that's what's mm-hmm. cool about it because, you know, in the original, you know, Donald Pleasance, it, it, he just you just touch base on it a little bit, but you don't really know if he was fully committed in um I think he's over if, it at I, that point. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, he's just I wanted to see that. You I get it here. I agree, man. You know with you. I don't buy his performance as the beloved Dr. Loomis hmm. in this part. I mean it doesn't work for me. That's not my Dr. Loomis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand. And you knew I was gonna say it at some point. But yeah, this is not <laughs> The, the way I expect my Dr. Loomis to talk to Michael Myers. Okay. He's I, too chill. He's too hippie. He's too uh, stoner. Like, I don't know. His act is on a different wavelength than... But see, here's the thing. What if Donald Pleasant... If you, if you got to actually see a backstory for the original Halloween mm-hmm. and you saw Donald Pleasant's, what if he could have been a hippie guy? You never know that. This was filmed in you know, well, between yeah, 77 and 78. Yeah, so if he like was, 50... he would have been portraying it, probably. <laughs> mm, 78. I think this uh, goes back yeah, to what maybe. you were talking about, Lord. Maybe. With just... He didn't want to mimic what Donald Pleasance did. And obviously, we didn't get this aspect of sure. Loomis with Donald Pleasance. Right. So, I, 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 I like this. I feel there's... Again, there's a there's a realism to it. Um, that's something I've always kind of complimented yeah, Rob yeah, Zombie on. With Sherry Moon coming in, you know, visit as well. You know, they don't talk very much except for like that one scene. Yeah. When you know, at the end when he kills the nurse, right, or the guard, whatever. But no, I mean, but that's one thing I've I've always I I got to compliment Rob Zombie on is his portrayal of realism. How things are in the real world, not how things are perceived as being real in a cinematic sense. Sometimes yeah. I feel like he definitely goes a little overboard. It, yeah, know? sure, <laughs> but that's something I've because really... I'm thinking I'm like, what's in his previous movies? You know, House of Thousand Corpses. It's yeah, extreme. I mean, it's extreme, but it, you know, it it loses some realism. It does. Delves Rejects is more on the realism spectrum. I think Lords of Salem is, a, I mean, that is psychological. If you believe in your cult like that and shit, at its you know, finest, right? in my personal opinion, I, oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm a big fan of that movie. To be honest with you, I've, I've made it halfway through that movie maybe three times, <laughs> and I haven't finished it. Wow, I don't man. know what it is. It's just I don't know. I can't. Get, it's I can't different, get but I I really I enjoy it. I I really I connected with it with the first time and I was very skeptical of it because when I first heard the premise I was like well this sounds like a witchcraft movie slash the fog you know and it's not it is its own story and it is like I said I think it's psychological horror at its finest speaking of the fog I gotta bring something up real quick that happened the other day I went out for a drive you know it's starting to become fall here mid-October finally we're recording this and uh it had been a while since I just took a drive out of back road and put on my Halloween mix on my Spotify. 
and on comes John Carpenter's The Fog theme song. Mm-hmm. And driving through a back road with the leaves gently, you know, falling to the ground and the wind is down and that cool air coming in and mm-hmm. the fog playing. That is a that's a nice experience. You should oh, all yeah, try man. that. that so in the cool. fog. Yeah, it wasn't foggy, it was broad daylight. Mm-hmm. It was a real pretty day. You think it was it'd cool, be, but it was you know, the sun was shining bright and you think it'd be better driving in the fog on an early morning like oh, that? Oh sure, this would have been fine to drive after dark and uh you know uh-huh. barely visible road that you gotta slow down for, yeah. But I don't know. Nice. Nostalgia Highway listeners are hitchhiking, yeah. You might know this. <laughs> That's cool. But, Lord, you touched on this, uh, the nurse death that is... Uh, awesome. Nurse Wynn, <laughs> which is a callback to Dr. Wynn in the original. Lane. Oh, my God. Here we go. Oh, Anyways, my God. Uh, played by Sybil Danning, <laughs> who is most famous as being Sturba from The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. And her magnificent boobs. Terrible movie. It is a terribly awesome movie. <laughs> that is just cheesiness cranked to 11. Oh, yeah. It really is. <laughs> but uh, another past their prime cast member that was really cool to see. And this is also the last time we see Dag Ferch as Michael Myers. And he is feral as fuck. Oh, yeah. And it, it, when they're trying to restrain him, <laughs> he is out of control. Like, and I like Sherry Moon Zombie's uh, reaction. Oh, you know, she's with like the slow freaked. down and everything. And when she pulls the mask off, and he mm-hmm. just screams at her, she's genuinely just fucking scared. That's yeah. she is scared of her son. This is well. This is well, well done. Okay. Uh, and Loomis is And Loomis is just finally. like just in complete fucking shock. Yeah. You know, just like what the Dumb hell? Happened? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, this is, I love this scene. At this it's point, great. he knows yeah. it's, there's really no coming back now to it. You know, this is what I'm talking about forever. When I right. say we're handcuffed to the idea that we got to watch the backstory, but if I'm along for the ride, this is the kind of scene that makes me satisfied in that decision. I mean, yeah, yeah they did a good job with that. But like you said, with Loomis's reaction, I had here like his, his reaction is, "I failed." Yeah, yeah, I failed. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it, you, you feel for him because, like I said, talking about earlier, I I personally have the take that he he really cares for him yeah. during this this time period, and uh, it's perfectly know. timed too with that slow motion and the use mm-hmm. of the score. Yeah, yeah it's good. And that siren sound. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's good. Very effective. And I don't want to call it heartbreaking because the follow up scene to this I feel is a heartbreaking scene. But very effective, that scene. But the heartbreaking scene for me is where Sherry Moon Zombie, she is at home by herself. Yeah. And she's watching the family movies. Uh, damn. Yeah. She fucking needs a bullet. Yeah. And you're the baby With crying. the baby Ooh. in the house, man. Which yeah. is glory. That's the, right. That's, that's, that's rough. That's the kicker. That's yeah. rough. That's and rough that's stuff. a good way to... Segway, set, set it up. No, know? I think I agree with you once again. I man, we're gonna have the same damn well, score on this. I don't know. I don't know. Dude. I, don't <laughs> know. I think it's gonna be close. It will be close. But there's there's there's, there's issues you aren't bringing up. <laughs> well, yeah. I I don't think we fully got there yet because I, I like I like what at this point I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, because it's brand again, new shit to us. You yeah. make you make me accept it. I'm I'm in, and then they did a good job. Yeah. So I mean. Nine out of ten for doing what you anticipated doing on showing me the proper backstory. I, I give them nine out of ten on that. Awesome. Awesome. 
Wasn't so, that I needed it, though. <laughs> no, Carry we didn't on. need it. We didn't need this yeah. movie, period. No. Well, but, no. but I'm glad we did. I'm yeah, glad and we did. A lot of people it. don't like this movie. You know? No, yeah, they there's, there's not have no appreciation yeah. for Rob Zombie. No, I, I'll play my cards. I'll watch it. Yeah. But there's something notable about Deborah Myers' death here. Do you guys know what it is? Memorable? Did you say memorable? Yes, there's something noteworthy about this. Hmm. No. What? Hit me. She is the only person to die in a Halloween movie not by Michael Myers. Mm. And the first, obviously, to die by suicide. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Didn't really... I didn't either. Yeah. Huh. But, like you said, we fast forward 15 years... Danny Trejo's new co-worker, Noel Cluggs, played by Lou Temple, a Rob Zombie favorite. And uh, he's actually a pretty cool dude. Yeah. Uh, when we were at Horror Hound one year in a freezing-ass cold, uh, he just came out of nowhere. Just started and see the talking crowd to and people, shaking yeah. hands, taking pictures, just out there standing, waiting to get in. Huh. Cool dude, man. Yeah. Really was. But he is pretty much an awful person in this movie. He is racist, <laughs> judgmental, inconsiderate. And we also find out that he's a rapist with his cousin, played by Courtney Gaines. My hero. <laughs> Not in this movie. <laughs> right, but, in the, in the uh, unrated director's cut. Um, but I will say, uh, Lou Temple's dialogue, is it's pretty humorous. <laughs> it's, funny. it's humorous. Danny Trejo's just reactions of, you know, just like, you know, yeah. don't take a, you know, ain't no boss. <laughs> I wouldn't want to bum the big freak out, you know, <laughs> or whatever he said, yeah. some of that. When he touches the mask. And yeah. Shit. Hey, don't touch the mask. Man, what a collection. Yeah, that's something. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty oh, yeah. neat. It's, have, you, have you really looked at all of them? <laughs> I've checked them out. I've paused Some of those are times. fucking creepy looking, dude. Yeah, they are. But uh, let's discuss uh, Tyler Maine, his performance as adult Michael Myers. He's so huge. He is massive. <laughs> he is a mountain of a man. He needs to own a shirt that says, the wrong one. The wrong one. Explain. Yeah, man. Explain. You mess him with the wrong one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. All right. I mean, he needs a shirt that lets people know. Yo. Gotcha. <laughs> You messing with the wrong one. Uh, I mean, so do you guys like it? Do you like him? I'm, yeah. I, I'm not. I I do like him in this movie. Okay. It's not bad. I'm a Halloween 5 fan, so I appreciate a bigger He Michael is a Myers. little bit on the fast pace when he walks, but I... He's very aggressive. But it's, yeah, it's an aggressive. But I, uh, I'll allow it. It's like, that's, that's the, that's the speed limit right there. <laughs> This is the I've most... I've been watching oh. pacing of your, of your yeah. speed walking lately. Like, that's one of the things that you've brought up well, a few times. And I've kept a closer eye on it. And like, yeah, there's a lot of speed walking Michael Myers. There's there's less yeah. non-speed walking Michael Myers than there are speed walking Michael Myers. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> You're not wrong. I mean, he did, it, he did it in that scene at the end of the first one. Where he's marching across the river yep. after leaving. Yeah. Yeah. That was a brisk pace. <laughs> For me, this is the most intimidating portrayal of a Michael Myers for me. The visuals of his brute strength are enough to make you just like, wow, yeah. you know. Um, in addition to stealth, uh, he is now a legit juggernaut. Yeah, like you oh, yeah. kind of you feel like he is unstoppable now. 
which obviously takes away from the original concept that you know he was an everyman. He was just he could he was anybody. Well, obviously somebody that is six foot eight, right? You know, with the build of a you know yeah. a wrestler. That's not typical. That's not your everyday. No. Hence his t-shirt, the wrong one. The wrong one. Touche. But, uh... I like how they keep his face covered in this movie. Thank God. Well, and with his own, like, paper-mache-ed masks, also. And and his hair, you know. Yep. Keeping it long. That's cool. I I dig that. I I do, too. I thought that was good. But in the uh, unrated director's cut, uh, through the previously mentioned rape scene... This is how Michael Myers escapes from Smith's Grove. And I really hate that Ishmael get killed in this. What? I hated it. Oh, okay, Ishmael, yeah, yeah, definitely. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, Lou Temple? Yeah, they oh, deserve no, no. to die. No, like, Danny Trejo. Yeah. <laughs> because I liked I him. I, liked to, I, I just like Danny Trejo, and I liked his character, even though he's hardly in it. Um, but he but, took care of him all well, those years, They played years, to man. the sympathy of him, yeah. You, yeah. you wanted to root for him. Yeah, they pulled, yeah, Rob pulled your heartstrings a little bit, yeah. I think, here, honestly. But uh, his death scene was cut from the work print after studio heads complained about it. But Rob Zombie went back to him stating that he wanted to show how brutal and ruthless and uncompassionate yeah. Michael Myers really is. And uh, he won out, obviously. And as much as I hate that he got killed, I have to agree with Rob Zombie on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because I'm so emotional about this scene, I think that's what makes the scene so good. So, yeah. thumbs up for me on that. Michael Myers is a honey badger. He don't play. <laughs> he don't give a fuck. <laughs> right? Well, speaking of somebody that doesn't give a fuck... Let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> you gotta love Ken Forey in this. He most famously was Peter from the original Dawn of the Dead. He had a cameo in the remake. He was Bubba Brownlee and From Beyond, the Stuart Gordon movie. Hmm. Uh... Charlie Altamont from Devil's Rejects. Um, His brief performance is noteworthy as well as humorous, and it's a pretty badass fight scene in the bathroom as well. Yeah, it, it's cool because you know he's a tall. He's a big guy too. Yeah, he's, he's like boy. like six five, six seven, something. Like, yeah, something like that. yeah, he's big. he's a little shorter than Tyler Maine. Yeah, but um, yeah, made for a good fight. You know, yeah, even though <laughs> it was really a one sided fight. Yeah, it was. It was. You know? But that was, like, pretty legit, that whole scene. Like, they, that was really, you know, because Tyler Maine, he was a wrestler, and yeah. he, and Joe the Grizz- stunt guy. And Joe Grizzly obviously didn't see his shirt. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. And, uh, but he, he figured it out. <laughs> yes, he did. But we lost some clothing because of it. <laughs> sure did. In his life. We're finally introduced, 52 minutes into this, to Lori, played by Scout Taylor Compton, and her parents, notably her mother, was Dee Wallace, who was in Cujo, Critters, The Howling, The Original Hills Have Eyes, E.T., and countless other movies. Three from Hell. Well, yeah. Lords Three of from Hell. hell. Yeah, it wasn't Lords until 52 minutes. Yeah, 52 Jeez, minutes in. It's okay. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I want to think about it. But let's discuss Scout Taylor Compton's performance as Lori. What do you guys, what do you guys think here? I thought she did fine, you know, yeah. for just, you know, portraying the schoolgirl, Lori. Okay. Of course, you know, she's not as uppity-uppity, you know, as Jamie Lee Curtis is. Not my Lori Strode. Not your no. Lori Strode? Nope. Not a fan? <laughs> well, no. 
Okay. Lori Strode's bookish and quiet and reserved, and this chick's trying to be cool. I mean, you can tell she's... Yeah, but she's still quiet and reserved. Yeah, I still feel like she's bookish. Not the way she talks to her mom and dad. I, I know you're talking about the bagel scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with Mr. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a little edgy It's for, a modernized yeah. telling. I know, you know. I know. 2007. You know, and if pe- I'm... Kids talk that way anymore, you know? I mean, Sexuality I, is more, you know, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't want my daughter talking No, I wouldn't like want that. my daughter either. I'd be very pissed off. Again, I, yeah. I take her as a and poser. She, and, but D with Wallace was pissed, you know. Yeah, she reminded about her about it when she got home from school. Yep. That's right. But, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. Lori is a poser to me. She's not the cool kid, but she's trying to be the cool kid. So we've got this kind of fake, you know, act. Okay. And, and I accept that, too, if this is Each telling cool it in has modern a, times. Has a, has a person like that, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for the slot. But it's not Jamie Lee Curtis's portrayal of Laura Strode. No. No, not at no. all. But do you want another portrayal? Again? Um, so, you know, when you're going to do a remake, you might as well change it again, up a little bit. Have some originality. Yeah. Yeah. I'm forced to accept what they're feeding me, so I'll accept it. All right. Begrudgingly. Yeah. Okay. Not my Laura Strode. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I feel like her performance, performance is kind of flat, but... Let's be honest, so is Jamie Lee Curtis's. It's her first movie, you know? I mean... Hers is believably flat, though. Uh, okay. But I do <laughs> feel that Scout Taylor Compton... I, I feel like she shines in part two. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. But as a whole, I feel like she was good enough in this installment. Yeah. She did fine. Hmm. That's, that's my take on it. I give Jamie Lee Curtis an A plus. I give Scout Taylor Compton or Compton Taylor, whichever it is. Yeah, she's got three first names, but uh, I give her yeah like a B minus as Laurie Strode. That's, that's where I'm at. Hmm. I feel like that's fair though. Yeah, that's not bad rating. That's, dude. that's about where I'd be. B B. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I think probably have her a little bit okay. higher. Well, that's B B minus shit. All right. Okay. My parents well, ain't bitching if I bring home B minus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 3.0 is okay you by me. Take, That's yeah. right, for sure. All right. But Emma Stone and Danielle Panabaker auditioned for the role of Lori. And uh, interestingly enough, Scout Taylor Compton auditioned for the role that Danielle Panabaker got in the Friday the 13th remake. So mm-hmm. they kind of traded off there a little bit. Oh, yeah. But... Director Rob Zombie, he originally wanted Daniel Harris to play Laurie Strode and have sure. his yeah. wife play Linda. That's a stretch. Too much for me. Too I much. agree. Having Daniel Harris play Annie is almost too As much. As a 20, I agree with you. I agree. I'm 100% agree with I you. I accept this. it as a Halloween fan, but I yes. don't accept it. it as a Halloween fan. <laughs> it's, it's in that. I don't know. With her portrayal in two and the 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 connection that Brad Dorif and her have it, it plays well which makes me yeah. like the Annie character a little bit more you know seriously you know okay we'll get to that but okay, okay. but yeah i i feel i'm with you i i feel like she's like if there's a max threshold she is right at it <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean but as for me as a fan i'm like well, hell yeah, she's in this. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with that. Well, she didn't get six, you know? No, she didn't. So, let's bring her back. 
So Michael, he goes home to recollect his mask and knife. Do you like this? Do you like the way this goes? No, because I mean, what the what did he do? Did he pry up some boards yep. when he was a yeah. kid and shit? You know, I don't know. And he tears through that wood like it's fucking sawdust. More shit, less. you know. He just. Poosh. I'm just know. telling you that kind of mask wouldn't sustain that kind of okay amount of time. Fifteen, years. Having a 15 years, a different kind of damage. It, they <laughs> latex masks turn to fucking glue or melt. Is it just from the heat together? Yeah, or not even. So you got to keep just, it in control. They dry rot. I mean, it, okay. They're presenting it as if it's only dry rotted. I don't know. Okay. Temperature based shit is different in every vicinity. Continuing our journey of familiar characters, we get the trio of Lori, Linda, who is played by Christina Klebe, and obviously the return of Daniel Harris, not as Jamie Lloyd, but as Annie Brackett. Um, we also kind of retread the Michael lurking around outside in at Lori and Company. Um, what do you think of this retread? Better than mm. H2O? Was it more tasteful? Yeah, anything's better than H2O. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty low on H2O at this point. Sure, <laughs> understandable. It's soured. Uh, but I, I do feel like Linda is underutilized, and they they don't give her as much respect as they did PJ Souls and totally. 78. Yeah, <laughs> uh, her totalies are just out of place and, and not, uh, I don't know. They're it not, was died down. Yeah, it wasn't the punchline with her. Yeah, yeah. They just hinted on it. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. But all the way through, her character is kind of left out a little more than what she was in the 78. Yeah. But this was actually shot, uh, mostly shot, in Pasadena, where John Carpenter filmed the original. Uh, when Lori notices Michael watching her and the girls at the library, he's standing in front of what was Lori's house from the original and Lori's house is located on the same street that Jamie Lee Curtis, Nancy Keys, and PJ Souls walk down in the original film when Michael drives past them in the station wagon. Hmm. I thought it looked familiar. Yeah. Did you? I did. No, there's a lot of there's a <laughs> lot of scenes in this movie, you know, that well, look and here's, familiar. Well, and, and here's shit, the thing: know? if I didn't know that that's where they were, I mean, I would have felt like, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Did well with locations, guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But in the unrated director's cut, we get two more past their prime actors. We get Clint Howard and Udo Kier at the, as the Smith's Grove administrators kind of sort of retreading. Clint Howard is not past his prime yet. He's still got more to come. Oh. <laughs> I like, Clint. I like Clint Howard. Oh, hey, no, I did Clint too. Howard's well, here's the thing. I look like Ron Howard, so... <laughs> <laughs> I have mad respect for Clint, his brother, and I, I, I like his roles. No, I like Clint Howard, too. He's 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 one of those fun, he plays like, those crazy beat, little yeah, fucking quirky-ass roles. Yeah. yeah. He's cool. Absolutely. I love Ice Cream Man. You ever see Evil Speak? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I like that movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're kind of retreading Donald Pleasant's discussion with Dr. Wynn in the original, in a way, except, you know lessons learning having lessons out of drive and we retread the trio walking home from school with michael lurking and but there's no station wagon this time um yeah that misses for me you don't like that they didn't do that uh, well that's i i kind of like it because man he never got the drive and he was on serious lockdown 
when you know he in this movie compared to I right. guess the original. <laughs> Fuck, I mean, because we don't really under you know yeah, we don't know how well the security is there, right. and we know. don't really know the distance between Smith's Grove Sanitarium and Haddonfield. No, in a central no, residential area. I like the fact that he doesn't drive in this movie. Okay, well, I so. mean, it is important to, if you accept that Smith's Grove is closer to, you know, a residential Haddonfield than, than what it is in the original. Maybe, yeah. Because he's not going to walk 28 miles or something. We get another big shoes to fill role here, but I really like how Brad Dorff portrays Sheriff Brackett in this. I do, too. Yeah. I like Brad Dorff, though. Me too, and I think I think I actually like him as Bracket in Halloween Two more, to be honest with you. And I have my reasons. We'll We'll get get to that. that. Yeah, fair. Um, Is he better than Charles Cyphers? No. Okay. All right. No, not at all. But I really like this. I I I like. Here's the thing, though. It's completely different character. It is. That's why I like about this movie. You know they they it's do similar, not try to but mimic, not same. right? They do yep. not try to mimic. I agree. They make it their own, but, but keep the integrity to it all. And again, like you going right into that, we get no bumping in the lorry, no redo of it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare, right? You know, but you obviously, King, you brought it up. But we get a sad one here. Chester Chesterfield, which is the most redundant name I think I've ever heard of. (laughs) Otherwise known as the Graveyard Keeper in the original Halloween, Rob Zombie feels the need to name every character in his movies. (laughs) But uh, was uh, played by the recently passed away Sid Haig. We get no retelling of the Charlie Bowles story, though. It's fine. Yeah. I wish they did it. This would have been a good opportunity to finish that story. Rob Zombie could have ah, put his own. Uh, now that would have been better. That would have been cool. Yeah. I would accept nice that. Wah, 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 wah. It didn't happen. <laughs> Damn. You're harsh oh, on this man. one tonight. You're wow. brutal. Could have happened. Yeah, it could have happened. And I, Rob Zombie could have like done that. it. I like I never thought of that. And that's nice, man. Oh, well. <laughs> Missed opportunities. Yep. Say love vie. In the unrated director's cut, we cut from that scene to what's the header is says trick or treat, and uh, Michael Myers watching Linda and Bob, played by Nick Mennel, who was Mike from the Friday the Thirteenth remake in '09, back into the old Myers house to party, drink, and screw. And of course, Bob goes downstairs to get Linda a beer and dies. But we get a twist. Bob actually attempts to come back as the ghost, but he gets ambushed. Yes. And then he gets stuck to the wall. Michael takes the idea. <laughs> I dig it. No, I like that scene. You know, I, I mean, it's it almost an exact replication of the original. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, but it isn't. Right. It is, but it isn't. I yeah, like yeah. that. You know. That's um, how you... And I like the um, the house in this one. You know how it's all fucking just, just demolished and trashed yep. and. I love right. it. Abandoned, yeah. Yep. But then Michael takes Bob's idea and surprised Linda with it. Um, but it was he, funny, you know, because he was actually interacting with her, you know, where he, he didn't really do that too much right? at all, you know, minus attack. Right. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But he kills Linda. We get full frontal. But Annie picks up Lori. Michael kills both of Lori's parents. 
Wallace gets pretty roughed up. Yeah, I, I felt really that. bad about it. Yeah, I know? hated that. I was like, man. Mm. Yep. But I did like the ambush kill of Father. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a good... I, I like that. It was a nice, like, oh, damn, you know? We have a scene where little Lindsay Wallace, she's watching TV, and Michael's just standing there. Yeah, watching the thing. Yeah. And that, and also when he was when he going back to when he killed Ronnie, Ronnie was watching the thing, as well. Are you sure? I think it was Possibly. White Zombie. No, I'm pretty sure it was the thing. I think it was. White it was the exact zombie same with, scene. It was the exact was, same scene. I think it was White Zombie with Bella Lugosi. Oh, no, nope. I think this was Rob Zombie referencing himself. Nope. We're going to need sure. next opinion here, viewers. I'm going to need to do a rewatch now just for that scene. You Someone thought on it, King? I don't. You guys are kind of. Okay. It's the exact same scene when the thing, you know, the monster comes through the door. For some reason, I can't put a finger it's on this. Exact one. same shot. Okay. Well, we've we've got something to look into. Then. Pretty sure. I just watched yeah. it today. Okay. On the rewatch, so uh-huh. maybe I missed something. I know they reference House of uh, the House on Haunted Hill. Hmm. During um, when Lindsay's over at Tommy Doyle's house and shit right. later on, right? Yeah, Annie ends up dropping Lindsay off to Lori right. and Tommy, who is played by Skyler Gizondo. Uh, Gizondo, yeah, the Giz, yeah, the Giz. But but he's in Netflix's uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Uh, I like that show. He's actually pretty funny in that show. To be honest, I've seen that. Yeah, he he is pretty. He's probably. Arguably one of my favorite characters in that show. Right. To be totally honest. Um, But then Annie leaves with boyfriend Paul. Then we cut the Loomis talking to Brackett. And we get a hybrid variation of Donald Pleasance's speech from the original when him and Brackett are in the Myers house. And the gutter swings down and comes through the glass during that scene. Jump scare. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I mean... No, I like the interaction between Brad Dorff and Malcolm McDowell. I do too. And I this, like it. I like Brad Dorf though. I mean, I guess it's a little biased. I don't know. And I like Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. I like Brad so, Dorf more. I agree. I, I get you there. I mean, I, 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 I know I you would. But yeah, I, I figured there, you could have been. I, I could have seen you going either way on that one. Oh, yeah. But, no. Because I, 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 I would I'd probably agree with you. You know, I like Brad Dorf's portrayal of Brackett. Oh, yeah. yeah Big we're all on the same boat, then. That's cool. So the moment all of us mid to late 30s, early 40s men have been waiting to see Daniel Harris's boobs. <laughs> she finally... We get to see age. him. The moment is <laughs> yeah, kind of lessened by the fact she's under duress and being attacked, though. Kind of makes it weird. but Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> zombie. It's a verb now. She, yeah, man. Yeah, but that happened. We got that finally. Yeah, I mean, well, she was of age. Well, yeah, she was obviously growing up beyond of age, <laughs> right? At this point, which you know, okay, it does make it kind of peculiar though when you're like calling back to yourself as a you know prepubescent teen watching this movie and being like, oh, there's you know Daniel Harris, she's kind of cute, you know, and you're the same age, but then you know, right. when you're older, it's like, oh well. That makes it weird. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think it, what what's happening in the movie makes it weird. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I mean, I had a cutesy, you know, kid crush on her. Well, yeah. I think most horror Halloween fans probably did. That, yeah. It's the 
Christina Ricci factor, I suppose. I mean, same sure. kind of thing. Sure, right. That happened for the same age for all of us. We're all right. <laughs> within the same year of age as, as both of those girls, pretty much. Right, yeah. About 17 years ago, I respond to a 911, which turned out to be the Myers woman's suicide. And I see this beautiful, innocent baby sitting in this bloody mess. And I can't imagine this child growing up with the stigma around her neck. So I admit her from the report. I drive her to another town and drop her off at the nearest emergency room. And I think that this is going to be the end of it. About three months later, I find out from a friend of mine, Mason Strode, that he's adopted the baby. Lori ends up going back to take Lindsay to Annie. She ends up discovering Paul hanging with a pumpkin on his head. It's kind of cool, actually. I like that. Oh, wow. And a not-dead Annie. Where do you find rope? <laughs> Who cares? Start, where do you I find know. rope? We don't need backstory <laughs> on the rope. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. I could see some people <laughs> saying that, you know, just like... Possibly. Cue the backstory on the rope. <laughs> <laughs> Show me where you got... But Loomis and Brackett hear Lori's 911 call on the CB. They're in hot pursuit. Lori ends up escaping the Wallace house, going back to the Doyle home, just like the original. But Tommy answers the door in a much faster yes. fashion this time. The well, cop, because Lindsay had already been over there. Well, she was there in the original, yeah. but I think she was just asleep. I don't know. It's That's not right. Yeah, but see, Lindsay wasn't exposed to Michael Myers in the original but she was exposed to him with Tommy. Yeah, okay. You know, this one, she had walked in with Lori at the house, you know, to be dropped off and shit. Right. You know, so, yeah, he, Tommy's already got the the down low. Yeah, Tommy's pretty cool Yeah, in this one. A little cooler than Brian. I have to agree. Yeah, we need candy. <laughs> but the cops come while Lori and the kids are hiding out in the bathroom. They get taken out, and then Michael kidnaps Lori? Yeah. And he takes her back to the Myers house, and he shows Lori a baby pic, tries to reconnect and catch up with little sis. He fails. Well, you're just going to brush over this. Hold on. Yeah, you're going really fast right now, man, to be honest. Why are you going so fast? brush over when Don Shanks does it. And, and oh, my God. Well, because Don Shanks does something that should not have ever happened. No, but this is this is fine though. You know what I mean? No, there's nothing wrong with it. And I mean, if you if obviously no, you're, you're if flying for this one. Talk, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah he's no. trying to skip over it. I can no. see what he's doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, by all means, interject at any time, guys. I felt that was kind of like an understood thing. No, yeah, yeah well, we're it. interjecting. We are interjecting. <laughs> <laughs> interject. This away. is an interject. <laughs> <laughs> well, by all means, sir. No, this is cool, you know. No, I don't have um, a problem with it. I think of you don't. what I what I truly believe when I was watching this movie, when she was doing the drop off, you know, at the house mm-hmm. with Tommy in the beginning, and Michael's there, and you know she's putting that mail in through Shoving the mail slot. The, well, he yeah. he takes the mail and he smells it. Yeah, you know, Michael Myers is almost you know, an animalistic character, anyway. Yeah. I'm wondering if he was able to identify her just by smell. I feel like it's implied, you know. So yeah. that's the reason why he's you know he just swoops her up and I don't know. Is it not what because he knows that Let's that's his sister? That I think that's the only reason why he knew that's his sister. 
Okay. Because of that scene right there. Maybe and recalling a scent from yeah. when... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like it's implied. What do you got, Kane? The topic at hand here is... Because it's the only way to, he's, to know. He's taking his mask off and showing her a picture. Okay. Yeah, but, the, How does but he, he doesn't expect? show... But he doesn't show his face. I'm, yeah, I'm well, no, he, pulls it, he pulls his mask off. It is yeah. obscured, yes, but he does pull it off. Yeah, he's revealing he's he's turning into Don Shanks in part five. Uncle? Boogeyman? Let me see. But he doesn't cry. Not. He doesn't <laughs> okay, cry. Okay, you know what? The humidity was high in there, and oh, that was sweat. If you want no, to it, it was here, not. not that was a close-up on nope. the eye, and there was fucking a trail. I'm telling you, yeah. it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was hot on that. From no, the it was, of no you're right. It was <laughs> sweat from the pupil. Us here. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was right above the pupil. It just it rolled down into the edge of the pupil and made it look like a deer. You guys are God. wrong here. But hey, I mean, who's counting? Hey, this hikers. Let us know, did Shanks really cry? This oh, isn't acceptable to you guys in part five, but it's acceptable to you now, evidently, or at least to the mayor. There is a clear difference between five and There is, I feel like there is Mildly, an homage, a callback. Yes. But it's it's very similar. And yeah, you, there are similarities. You accept Jamie's not trying to, you know, pull sure the, you know. The, yeah, it's not Jamie, it's actually Lori here. You know, here, and it's Lori. Mm-hmm. Lori's actually just she don't afraid. Get it, He's you know? trying to she make her it. understand. Jamie's trying to buy time. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yes, there are similarities there. I'll give you that. For sure. It's just a part that I feel you, you had a strong disagreement with in part five. And now you have a mild disagreement with. This is a different movie. It's a different take. Mm-hmm. My mindset yeah. is not the same. Okay. I'll give you partial credit on that. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I still like a D plus credit. <laughs> D plus. C minus at best. Nice. Still passing. <laughs> right. You pass. But Lori escapes. She falls into a drain pool, and it seems as if Michael's going to get her. But Loomis shows up just in time to temporarily stunning him by shooting him three yeah, times. I was say, what's the shot three count? times. Yeah, that's the shot count. Before dropping him. Loomis takes Lori to a police car. They kind of redo, was that the boogeyman bit, with a slight twist Eek. from Malcolm forced. McDowell. This is so I don't forced. know if it's forced. I don't think Malcolm uh, McDowell knew it was. If if it was forced, I don't think he knew it. I think he no, knew he that. No, because he didn't watch the damn well, movie. Well, right. But I, mean, but I think he knew that okay. this was an iconic line. Asshole. You think so? I think he did. Okay. And I don't think... I don't think he wanted to mimic it for he did added that I do believe out of respect was. for Pleasance, yeah. I I totally agree I don't with think that. It's out of respect, I do believe he was. It's out of respect for himself wanting to be better, and he f- fully believes he probably did better. Oh my God, give it fucking no He's way! He's a narcissistic dude. asshole. How many times have you called him that? I'm, <laughs> I'm calling. A oh my God! Apple and Apple here, guys. I hear you. So. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> We get another little jump here, and Michael busts through the window. He takes Lori. Loomis tries to reason with him to take her spot on the chopping block, seemingly getting his eyes gouged out. Is that right? Kind of looks like, perhaps. I have. What I happens have, there? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he crushes his brain. I think he meant to do the kill, but he just got preoccupied with the whole Lori thing going on. 
Um, I actually blame the way Malcolm McDowell portrays Loomis in the second one, who is a narcissistic asshole in you the second right one. He was. This is all and, just um, I think I think this actually <laughs> him taking that kind of brain damage and shit actually altered his um, way he functioned in life and shit, and maybe fucked him up mentally. That's and that's why he fucking acts that way. It's the only way I'll accept it. Okay, well, because I, I fucking it. hate the fucking role that he did in the second one. Well, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but it's okay. Hmm. You know how I accept that's interesting, it though. <laughs> is that fucking Rob Zombie it's said fucking brain damage? Look, Malcolm McDowell, I want you to play Malcolm McDowell as Doctor <laughs> Loomis. Oh I want God. you to be yourself. <laughs> I want you to be a narcissistic fucking prick. And Malcolm McDowell was like. If, yeah, okay, I got this. This if is this me. movie hadn't if, if if there wasn't a Halloween two Rob Zombie, would you still think the same way, or is this you know his reaction in the second one adding a factor to your Malcolm McDowell I, rating in this one? I felt it in the first one. I felt it in the first hmm. one, but I didn't fully acknowledge it until the second one. That's that's how we're so it that. so it influenced you. The second one influenced yeah. the way I feel about the first yeah. one. No, because I, I felt it. You in already the first felt one, it, but you did. But I wasn't it. fully able to like put a pin on it. Like I wasn't able to nail it down yet. And the second one, I'm like, yep, that's who this guy really is. He's just turned up to eleven. <laughs> Rob Zombie said, right "Be yourself." I think he took brain turned damage. Turned up to eleven, and uh, that's why he acts that way. He's just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mayor? <laughs> I, I think somewhere in between both y'all, there's a right answer. <laughs> and I'm just, That's was, a mail-in answer. I mean, honestly, I'll be telling you. I was, your just, way out. I was just hoping for a way to segue into the next thing. All right, sorry, on. buddy. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. But Lori, she ends up kind of hiding out. She grabs Loomis's gun in the meanwhile, and she's in the walls and the ceiling well, Michael does some uh, interior decorating with a two before, <laughs> Hell, yeah. which is, is pretty Michael's, fucking awesome. Michael's demo, com- Michael Michael Myers demo company. I think this is awesome. I uh, love this. I, I this is just this is a cool scene to me. A lot of wood flying around. He's a honey badger. <laughs> he is a honey badger right here. She ends up falling through the ceiling. Michael charges her. They go over the balcony, and it fades to black here. She's fucked up at this point. Oh, yeah, she's, she's very fucked up. She, fucked she up. pops well, off. Well, I mean, her face, is, she's broken, you know? Yeah, you, like, you can tell, like, her nose is probably That's broken. She's damage, missing some you know? teeth. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, she's pretty worse for wear. And Myers is messed up, too. He know? is. He's, he's nice and fuckered up. But, uh... It fades to black here, and we don't see the actual fall, and there's a reason for that, because the stunt woman that was playing Lori during the scene, she was injured pretty bad, I guess, during this. Oh, really? So they didn't want to film the landing. Originally, they wanted to, but because of this, Mm. they felt that it would be in extremely poor taste, which I would have to agree with them. I've fallen from that height before. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was wow. in a bad skiing accident one time when I was a kid, and I went in the air. I hit a slow sign, and there was like a little lift off, you know, like little hill. Wow. And it just, and it down, it was just straight down. I went down a double black diamond in the middle of the night um, at night ski with my friend. Wow. When I was uh, 11 years old. I went, I went down the wrong trail. It was snowing, and I went down the wrong trail accidentally. And I mean, what we, happened I, to you? 
Oh, I flew in the air and I blacked out. I woke up in the hospital. So I kind of like, I was like, yeah, that's kind of what it's like. You know, I don't remember hitting the ground. I don't, you know, I remember hitting this slow sign and flying through the air and turning upside down. And I don't remember hitting or anything like that. So like that little bit of time is missing. Wow. So I. That played in perfectly for you and your. Yeah. Wow. That's just a really cool story. Yeah, man. Man. I woke up wow. in the hospital. They told me I got pulled down the mountain in a orange bag with a um, snowmobile, and they dragged wow. me down the mountain and shit. My friend pretty much was on his ass, you know, just getting down the mountain and shit. That, that's what we were doing, and I kind of got up and I took off because it was just just nothing but ice and shit. You wow. know, and I just went flying and I couldn't. Wow, that regain, is crazy. Couldn't regain anything, so. Tore, I messed up my leg. I have tore ligaments in my my right leg and shit, mm-hmm. and in my calf and everything. Wow! Yeah, it didn't break anything though, but I hit my wow, head really that's hard. Crazy! Hit my head really, really hard and I had a concussion. Explains a few things. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's why I am the way I am. <laughs> that's why I am. The Lord catch him. <laughs> But Lori comes to on top of Michael with the police sirens are being heard in the background. She pops off a couple misfires. Michael comes to, grabs her arm, but then she connects with a headshot, which... Point blank. Oh, yeah. Oh, face shot, man. Which equals the three shots from Loomis at the pool, the two misfires, the one that connects, six rounds in the gun exactly. if it's fully loaded. We got the math right here, fellas. We sure did. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can't fuck up six count. Yep. So <laughs> my beer. zombie made sure but uh a bunch of screaming fades into old home movies mixed in with the end credits and that is rob zombie's halloween that was an awesome ending yeah yeah very 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 effective you know it's zombied the whole movie that's that's fine i don't know there's something with that with the sherry moon zombie scene uh before she commits suicide right they both Uh, eat a bullet Right, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's something to that. But uh, the movie's production was actually delayed due to the death of Mustafa Akkad. He was the producer of all the other uh, eight movies prior, and uh, he died from severe injuries from a terrorist attack while he was in Jordan in 2005. Hmm. And I believe his daughter was with him when hmm. this happened, and she passed as well. Hmm. And this movie is dedicated to him. Oh. That's crazy. Terrorist gonna, attack. At least, at least yeah. it wasn't during fucking resurrection. You know, we dedicate this to Mustafa Akkad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did. You're, you're they not did, wrong that. They did dedicate Curse to Donald Pleasance. So yeah, Curse is a lot better than Resurrection. Oh yeah, without <laughs> without question. We established that. <laughs> Anything dedicated in Resurrection, I I want to rescind my dedication. You know, if I got Buster one. Rhymes career, right? <laughs> dedication, <laughs> and that's an in more in memorial. But something that's, something that's kind of come out here recently from Rob Zombie uh, with working with the Weinstein's with these Halloween movies. Uh, He's quoted as saying it was a miserable experience for him, and uh, he was real. He didn't want to do the second one, but he did, and he thought, okay, well, the first one was a miserable experience, but it did well, so maybe it'll be easier the second time. He said it was worse. Well, I mean, when you make a shittier movie, 
Jeez. <laughs> okay. We'll get into this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they he he felt like they didn't trust him on the first one, and they wanted to make sure it was going to be a hit. And then they weren't trusting him this time, and it just it just seemed to be a mess. And I don't know. I, that kind of seems to be a calling card with the Weinstein's. They like to interject and interfere a lot oh. with. Uh, the final cut and having the final say with a lot of their movies and mm. for better or worse Not anymore. yeah yeah touche judge had a final say right <laughs> yeah jeez well does anybody have anything oh. else they want to add in here before we go into the wrap up and ratings no I no. think we covered pretty much everything alright yeah who wants to go first alright hey uh we didn't recreate uh, Halloween 1978 here by any means. And that's not what I expected, but it, it meant something to me if they did it justice. And I'm, I'm a little bit low on, on my feelings of them doing it justice. Hmm. Okay. Uh, as a fan of the original, but if you're, if you're asking for, man, I'm a Halloween fan, I like Michael Myers, I want to see someone else's you know, take on this, okay. I'm in. You got my money for the ticket. I'm, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. And and that's what I got. I don't want to be. I don't want to say I'm jaded by rewatching it, but there's there's too many things that they tried to match about the original and missed the mark on. So okay. uh, this for me is about a six. Six. Okay. Yeah. It's not a bad score though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not the still I hate watchable. It. Yeah, it's watchable. It's worth not. revisiting. Again, I like to watch movies at Halloween time with my family. That's like an important thing. And this is one that I really can't without, you know, skipping parts, which I hate to do. Sure. And kinda of, that that degrades it for me. Fair enough. Rob Zombie went a little bit extreme on it. It's just not it's not what I. It's not what I asked. It's for. not a family friendly. If you were going to remake it, I, I would have done it a little more tactfully, I guess. That's okay. All. So that's where I come in at six. All right, six out of ten from the king from mm-hmm. Rob Zombie's Halloween, two thousand and seven. Zombie, you know, it, of course he's going to do this, man. You know, if you, it, when you're going into this movie, I expected the language, you know, coming from it. Sure. You know, with his okay. name being attached. So, yeah. right, especially from what we're get, we were given with House of Thousand Corpses yeah. and the Devil's, Devil's Rejects, especially, dude. Yeah. Right, you know, of course we were going to get this stuff, dude. William Forsythe really, um, he got into that role, swung for the fences. On yeah, him. you think he's winning a miss or? Again, I mean that's that what that was the role he was miss. written for. You know, what I mean, it's just like I got a it it downgrades my view of it. Zombie wrote For that me, role. I think if, you, if it elicits that much of a response from you, I feel like it's it's a hit. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. Hey, bad publicity is... Exactly. Publicity. I it's agree. like I feel on The Exorcist, though. The Exorcist has a really distasteful scene in it to me. Sure. Oh, yeah. That I don't want to view in front of my family. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, but it's awkward. awkward. It's, yeah, but The Exorcist is a little more harder to watch. To be honest, just yeah. for I'm not trying to compare this to a epic like The Exorcist, but it, it just it takes something away from me if I can't enjoy it with my family. Because enjoying you. a I scary like... movie with my family is very important to me. Yeah, and to me that is where this and Exorcist kind of get xed off my list. Hmm. Okay, and for that reason, it it hurts my viewing of the movie. 
but you got it as a six. Yeah, I, I personally fair. accept what they did. Okay, so you know, I I said earlier, if you do a prequel backstory right, it I I enjoy it. Well, this one I do enjoy. I think they really hit it on the nose. Um, that's how that's how a lot of psychopaths come to be. You know, living in a shitty environment like that, and their, kids are products of their environment. My kid was raising that. I I would expect the that kid to be a little fucked up. In life yeah, and shit. You know, definitely so. a toxic environment. Yeah, right? absolutely. So I buy that. I mean, yeah, the um, the sanitarium scenes get a little drawn out. They could have cut a few of them. Um, you know, where Loomis is talking to the, the video tape and he's just standing there. They could have done away with two of those. You know, made it a little bit faster. Um, other than that, I mean... I like this, the whole sanitarium scene in the prequel and you know, building up to Tyler Maine's mm -hmm. Michael Myers. Um, I appreciate the fact that it wasn't trying to mimic it fully 100%. I still like PJ Souls better. I like that they were able to incorporate Daniel Harris because she got robbed in Six, even though Six was a very shitty movie, <laughs> in my opinion. So I'm glad they were able to plug her in, at least somewhere. Nancy Loomis is still better. Then, you know, as Annie, not my Laurie Strode as well, but I, I think she did a fine job. You know, I mean, there's you can't replace a classic, right. dude. That's a masterpiece. If you're gonna remake it, I guess I mean, do it this way. It's not bad for remakes. I've seen a lot shittier remakes. The Fog, oh, goddamn yeah, terrible, dude. Dreadful. You know what I'm saying? You're um, not wrong there. So, you know, to remake a John Carpenter movie, you know. This doesn't miss for me. Um, it's a seven. Solid seven. Okay. okay. Well, this was written and directed by Rob Zombie, although the original script came from John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. It had the alternate titles of Halloween Retribution as the working title and Halloween The Beginning in Italy, with a runtime of an hour and 49 minutes, which is the longest runtime in the franchise. The theatrical cut... No. That is the theatrical that cut. That is the theatrical cut. Right. The unrated director's it's cut two is... two hours and a minute. Yeah, yeah. 21 minutes. Right. Uh, it was made on an estimated $15 million budget, and it made $26.3 million its opening weekend in the United States and grossed $58.2 million in the United States alone and grossed $80.2 million worldwide. Currently not streaming anywhere, but you can rent it on Amazon Prime for $3.99 or you can buy it for $9.99. IMDb has this as a 6.1 out of 10, a meta score of 47, a Rotten Tomatoes score of 27%. Hmm, that's rather low. And an audience score of 59%. I remember the first time I heard that Rob Zombie was remaking John Carpenter's Halloween. And no lie, I was immediately all in. I was sold on this going forward based upon his works with The House of Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. I know a lot of people bag on his movies for various reasons, and some are valid. And I feel like some of them are just in plain spite for whatever reason, in my honest opinion. Maybe they hate his music. I don't know. But did he take some liberties here? Sure. Was some of it over the top a little too much? Yeah. yeah. But I, I can genuinely appreciate the approach he took delving into Michael's earlier years, which then gives us insight as to why he became the embodiment of evil. 
I know this is taboo amongst us horror fans, and generally speaking, I'm for the ambiguous, unanswered angle for the motives of my antagonist. Unless it's more kids. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but we already had that. You know? Because when there is no motive, it is scarier, I think. I'm just emphasizing what you're saying. But since this is my baby, I'll allow it, and I have no issues with the quote-unquote white trash, redneck as the haters like to call it, upbringing backstory from Rob Zombie here. Tyler Maine is a force of nature that John Carpenter has notably stated numerous times over as the years have gone by as Michael Myers, easily the most intimidating portrayal to date, which is to say I have no qualms with the behemoth Michael Myers. No, no. As long as the uh, mask is still intact. Mm. Yeah, the mask is good. Mm. I like the mask. Scout Taylor Compton as Laurie is okay. Malcolm McDowell as Loomis was okay also, but I feel a little better than Scout Taylor Compton. Agree. But I was really hoping for more from Malcolm McDowell, to be honest with you guys. Of course, it was nice to see the slew of familiar horror veterans in this, something I appreciate about Rob Zombie movies. I like what he did here. He made it his own, while keeping the framework of the original concept here for the most part. Lord, I'm with you. Seven out of ten. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah, cool. Good. I enjoyed this movie. It's uh, I enjoyed it when it came out, and I kind of feel like, for the most part, my rating has stayed about the same. I think at one point this was maybe a 7.5 for me. I hear you, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I dabbled with that number as well, but yeah, it's a 7. I liked it more on initial release. Sure, it's, it's dropped absolutely. For you. It's dropped for you. Yeah, it's dropped a little for me, but not enough, you know. Mm-hmm. But now this is a this is a very enjoyable remake. One of the better, not the best, but as long as your kids aren't watching, you know. Yeah, yeah. this is not. This it's is your for the this kids. is your adult Halloween, you know. Very adult. Yep. Alright guys, well, this concludes our review of Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007. When the music stops, turn your cassette over. Delving into Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 from 2009. You've witnessed the birth of evil. Are you a giant? Now, the secret behind his madness will finally be revealed. Oh, never 
river of blood can bring us together again. We'll go have some fun. On August 28th, evil is here. Walking amongst us. Michael is more evolved. Rob Zombie. Sure, I just got a 911 call from your house. Completes his extreme vision of a terrifying legend. Halloween 2. This film is not yet rated. A strung out PTSD Lori Strode must face her brother one last time as this Michael Myers timeline now dips into the boundaries of the supernatural. As Rob Zombie introduces us to the White Horse concept, will she be able to overcome the connection with her brother as he rains down havoc upon Haddonfield? If you wanted full Rob Zombie, you're going to get it. Yeah, as you <laughs> kind of coined the term zombied. Yeah. He zombied yeah, it. He zombied Made this. it a verb. <laughs> yeah, it's a total verb right here. Um, but you get a little, you know, of course, a Michael Myers twist. And, you know, and one thing we don't get until the end credits, the John Carpenter theme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It yeah. is weird. And here's the thing. I honestly don't know if I truly realized that watching it for the first time in theaters. I think it was well, actually brought to my attention. Yeah. I noticed it. Kind of yeah, like the like whole concept of like... ten minutes in. I'm dude, like, I was looking for it from the beginning. I mean, yeah. it was on my mind. Like, where's the theme song? Where's the theme song? Okay. Yeah. See, that's... I'm, I mean, total honesty. I don't know that I really focused in on that. but Because, I, like I said, I really think someone brought it to my attention or I read it somewhere or whatever. You mean from the same guy that previously in an episode said the score is important. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I I am aware of that. Yeah. I'm aware of that. But this movie is so different. I don't I I don't know. I guess I just kind of took a page out of your book, Air King, and just this is what's being fed to me. So I'm going to open wide and digest. So Matt's open and wide. But I'm going to say right now, uh, that's a one star reduction right off the bat. I hear you. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe one and a half. Seriously, because I mean this. I don't. I love See, this theme music. That's where I feel like with Superman when they they took away the John Williams score yeah. from that. That's you no, know, don't do that. Well, this one, you know, he didn't take it away. It's well, just he left it out, delayed it, most big time. Yeah, right. it, it had no effective use in this movie. Right. But Rob Zombie, uh, he originally stated that he wouldn't do a sequel to the 2007, but. Uh, the studio decided they were going to do it, so he made the decision that he was like, well, all right, I'll sign on, I'll direct, I'll write, and uh, basically because he didn't want somebody to mess up his vision, so... Well, I think he messed up his own vision. <laughs> I was so. waiting for that. I was waiting for that. I Here think, it is on a team, yeah, right. and you got it. <laughs> all right. I think what we have here is a classic case of the... Uh, uh, for for wrestling fans, the Hulk Hogan heel turn, you know nobody's seen it coming. He's you yeah. know, red, and red and yellow, and you talking about the Hulkamania. You talking about when he joined NWO? Yeah, that was a big Shit. deal, and and it was like nobody fucking bought into it because it was hard nah, to believe. You can't not my Hulk Hogan, you know? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I agree. That was kind of like right at the end when I yeah kind of stopped watching wrestling at that point but, but no i i see what you're saying there that's that's where i looked at this movie on this viewing i tried to look at it from the perspective of okay when i first you know found out hulk hogan turned heel i wasn't buying it because it was bullshit and you can't do that but this movie makes the same parallel they turn 
Dr. Loomis heel. They turn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Time. It just flips the table on everything, and, and it shows a whole different, you know, deep mental dive into the trauma of this whole event. This is a very psychological oh, yeah. uh, Halloween entry in the franchise. I mean, it's very. I mean, I think you can make an argument that this is. I mean, it's kind of deep. I don't mind the whole, you know, PTSD, Lori. Right. Because, because, you know, going through that kind of situation would, you know, mess up a person, you know, in in the head and everything. But But I don't know. He zombied it some, but I do, I'll I'll be honest. I'm fine with, you know, with that aspect. Right. I mean, and and Jamie Lee Curtis does it too. Right. It's just done with a different approach. You know, she drinks. Yeah. Shit, yeah. you know, and then obviously in this this latest one, she's a a revenge getter and shit, you know, and she's yeah, I don't know, a survivalist, you know, at that point. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, the white horse concept. Ugh. Round of applause. Yeah, have okay. you come to that already? <laughs> well, I have. Well, it's uh, introduced pretty quick. Yeah, know? it so, is. You know, I mean, you get the continuation from the from the original, which is great. I. I I dig it. Just like you, Mayor, you know, I, I know you like your continuity. Oh, yeah. And shit. How did you feel about this continuity from, you know, compared to the original? Well, I want to back up because back you're to. talking about how this started with right. Lori, okay? Right. Before we get to that, I want to read here this because you get this quote. Oh, okay. The at quote. the beginning. Right. And you get the kind of a, I don't know, a little prologue with. Uh, Sherry Moon Zombie and not Dig Ferch, uh, right. who was a Chase Wright fan. Not my young Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, not my young Michael Myers. I'm with you there. Uh, Chase Wright Vanek. I'll jump on that wagon. Um, and I'll and I'll be I'll be completely honest. It, I mean, not having Dig uh, in this, it it was a little off putting. You know, I, again, I understand why, but they actually filmed scenes with Dig, um, but. He was replaced after some of the scenes were reshot, and it was obvious that Dag had grown, grown up, and yeah. he was obviously different. And but it's fine if we see him in the years, you know, later than the original, and, and it's explainable. Hot. I don't have a problem with that. Only reason because you know she died at a certain time. Well, where she's still, still and alive. we saw the Advanced last time of speaking young Michael Myers right. when he killed the nurse. Right. So that I don't. Know. I don't you, like it when they try to plug in shit into the original did. timeline to here. make up to make the new story continue on. It's it's. I don't like that. You can tell that it that's sucks. definitely what happened here. It it, it it seems a little forced. Oh, it is forced. It's absolutely forced. Well, yeah, it is. But <laughs> it, and it's another reason to cast Sherry Moon Zombie. Here's you know, a, here's my the, here's my probable yeah. cause for why they needed to have Michael Myers at a younger age. The scene where she kills herself, okay, and you got the baby crying. The The effectiveness of the baby crying is very important. Yeah. Okay. To the emotional, you know, distress you get from that scene. And if that baby's, you know, two, three years older, it's not going to be a baby crying. And right. know, that scene loses effectiveness. And that's, a, that's a, I don't know, that to me may be an important enough call that he was like, yeah, no, I need to leave this in. And we got to keep Michael Myers at that age. But the, the quote is, mm-hmm. 
linked to instinct, purity, and the drive of the physical body to release powerful and emotional forces like rage with ensuing chaos and destruction. And this is an excerpt from the subconscious psychosis of dreams. You, you definitely get this. Yeah. I mean. You definitely get this with this Michael Myers. And I think you could make an argument that I felt that in the previous injury, that was the most intimidating, brutal Michael Myers I think we've ever had. Well, hold your horses. <laughs> well, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, I mean, this this version is without a doubt the most brutal we get to this point. So, I mean, all right, the white horse. Was it needed for you? No, because I don't really like my... I don't want to see an explanation for why he returns. But I we, like the... Uh, okay, so you have, you don't have a problem with an explanation for why he became, but you don't care about an explanation of why he comes back. Right. Okay. Yeah. He comes Fair back because he's Fair still enough. alive. Yeah, he's an entity of evil, period. And just That's leave it at that. Yeah. And that that's that adds to the scary factor of it all, you know. Sure. I mean, he's not dead, and he's not going to stop what he's started. Right. It doesn't need an explanation. It doesn't I have agree. to be supernatural either. You no, know? and I agree. And honestly, and that's something I really because I I'd really held off, and it's been probably close to two years since I'd seen this last. Um, I I wanted to take into consideration did this white horse concept did it need to be in this no and it didn't need to be it would have been you could have just totally had him revive at the back of the van after the wreck and he kills and then he's back on his way to haddonfield right and i'm and i'm good with that yep cut two you know like i said i think it's just a it's just a reason to get sherry moon back in the movie yeah Mm -hmm. i really do I, I, I kind of have to agree, but like you, we talked about this, you know, this scene with Sherry Moon Zombie and uh, Chase Wright Vanek as young Michael Myers. <sighs> it's it's a meh way to connect the dots, like you said, Lord. From this open that we get with Laurie just wandering around Haddonfield and it's rain. Like, I'm going to tell you, this whole opening bit, I love it. Yep, I, I love this open. I think it's super effective. It is awesome. I mean, we are knee deep in the shit right where we left off, and I couldn't be happier with this. Yeah. Oh, I like the interactions with Bracket and her. Yeah. 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 I just like she is, believable. She's gone. Yeah. She is gone, and he is. I mean, like you could tell, like he's kind of scared. Yeah. You know, like he's like, "Give me the gun, Lori." Like you know, he's really trying to be. He just dropped a bullet. You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cold black range in his face yeah Yeah, that's traumatizing but uh when i drug janelle to the theaters to see this she even commented on how much she enjoyed the realism during the hospital scenes where they're uh where she's freaking out and it's the the admittance scenes where they're kind of prepping her for surgery and going through everything she loved that she thought it was super realistic i i like it i think it's really cool when yeah. I first watched it, I immediately was thinking about the original. I was like, "Man, was that much damage done to her? I, I don't remember that." Well, mu- that I don't much feel like it I mean, was she done. fell from the roof, you know, out of yeah, the ceiling, and right. then off the freaking balcony. I mean, I, yeah, I'd yeah. say I'd say that's all legit. Right on. I mean, I'm just she, saying, like continuity wise. Yeah, I, don't know. I think they amped it a little bit. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking sure. with the Daniel Harris stuff. 
it was really exaggerated to the injuries that we witnessed from the first ones right being sustained i mean her fingernails were all you know yeah, hooked yeah. up and being having to be pulled off i mean it was i think it was just you know intended to get some more gore in it it know? was and, and it, i think it's well placed i like yeah. it uh, yeah i, 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 I think it's <clears throat> i have no problem with it it keeps my attention <laughs> right but we go back and forth between the hospital and uh seeing loomis he survives He's being put into an ambulance, and we see Michael Myers getting loaded uh, for transport where uh, Lori had shot him in the face. And, uh, again, this is really cool. I mean, like I said, it's like I am gobbling this up, much like how you very much took in the original part, too, like how it just immediately you're right in the, right in the middle of everything. Mm. You're in the thick of it. I mean... You're right in the middle of it, but this is just ramped up. Like, it's in your face. And I'll yeah. tell you, and this is weird because, like, we, we get this, like, aerial view of the the coroner's van driving mm-hmm. down, like, a highway and stuff. I don't know what it is about that angle, the music or something. I mean, it's just kind of like, I remember seeing it, and I still feel it every time I see it, this scene. I'm just kind of like, man... It, something's bad about to happen oh, like yeah, really bad about to happen oh, yeah. and it's like and i am waiting on bated breath for it <laughs> i don't know it's it's for whatever reason uh, it's probably silly and it's nonsense but i i have an appreciation for that aerial shot okay there you go. i don't know that and the dialogue that follows i mean it's, yeah, it it's really kinda, sets a mood yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it does but during this time we're, move. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we're slammed with, again, a bunch of character actors and actresses through this. We get Carolyn Williams as a nurse. She was, most famously, she was stretched from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yeah. Uh, Richard Brake and Dayton Callie as the coroners. Richard Brake, who plays the creepiest fuck coroner. Uh, he was Doomhead in Rob Zombies 31. He was in Hannibal Rising. He was in Outpost, Game of Thrones. Uh, Dayton Callie was in the uh, Darren Lynn Boosman, Terrence... Zudnich movies, The Devil's Carnival and Alleluia, The Devil's Carnival. I really like those. Yeah. Even though they're musicals and I really don't typically like that, uh, those were fun and entertaining movies. Yeah. I, I recommend checking those out. Good job on pronouncing Zudwich. Is that what you said? I think so. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to try to say it again because no, I feel did. like I did a pretty did a decent job. job. I don't know if I said it right, but I sold it. I don't know if you said it right or not either, but. I felt like when you said it, you said it with passion. I'm not a linguist. <laughs> I bought into it. All right. I give it a nine. Sure. Good. <laughs> but uh, uh, Dayton Callie, he was also in Sons of Anarchy, and he's in AMC's Fear of the Walking Dead. And we get Octavia Spencer. She was the other nurse. She is a multiple Oscar nominee and one-time winner for Best Supporting Actress in The Help, and she was in most recently in Bloomhouse's Ma. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I've heard kind of, yeah. I watched it. I have no interest. I don't care. It's lower <clears> on my list. It's not. Uh, it's not on my list. Oh, all right. It doesn't. It doesn't do enough for me. It's not the, the plot that. Yeah. We have in different uh, integrities of lists. We do. Uh, I've got. A, I've got a long list, but it's. Uh, I'm it's got some shitters on it. I know it's got some shitters oh, on it, man. Right. There's definitely but, some shitters when it comes to like um, horror movies with that kind of plot line and shit. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. 
And finally, we get Richard Reel as Buddy, the Night Watchman, who I, I, I don't know. I really like Richard Reel. I, mm. Every time I see him in something, I mean, he's he's one of those character actors. Yeah, he's been in everything. He was in Adam Green's Hatchet. He was in Casino, Office Space, Joe Dirt. Oh, right. He was he in was Of Mice and Men. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just countless stuff. And, and honestly, it's a wide variety of, like, genres, too. And he does them all yeah. well, you know. I, I love them in Office Space. Jump <laughs> to conclusions. Forgot that. Oh mm-hmm. my god! Yeah, but uh, so King, what you were wanting to talk about here? Let's talk about the Corners Van Wreck scene. Um, Is it a van or a bus? Well, you know that actually crossed my mind when uh, <laughs> I was I was typing this note. I was like, "Are we gonna call it a bus here, or are we gonna call it a van?" They always call it calling the bus. Right, so, yeah, the meat wagon. I was going to say, it looked like the meat wagon to me. Right. You just said it. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we get some pretty creepy dialogue there between Dayton Callie and Richard Brake, mostly Richard Brake, talking about... Daniel Harris is good. Necrophilia. Oh, uh, well, no, Andy Linda. Uh, is, yeah, it was Linda. Linda's. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. No, I thought dead, you were talking about... the dead... Well, Annie ain't dead. dead. Chick. This is the okay. recorders. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess I, I guess I uh, heard that conversation wrong then because I just yeah. always assumed you yeah, talking, talking about, about Linda. because he says something about uh, Sheriff Brackett hears you saying that it'll put you out on your fucking ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of made a Christine reference there. Just because cool. it's dirty. Yeah. Okay. Necrophilia. Yeah. It's <laughs> but I just kind I, of frowned upon. I think that's frowned <laughs> upon in this yeah, okay. establishment. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. He was talking about a dead corpse. I, I just for some reason reconnected the wires after that and was like, oh, he's talking about. Any bracket. Right. No. Okay. So we slam into a cow. Awesome. Cool. That it's awesome. totally happened. You know? Is the van going to come to like a complete stop like that? I don't know. I, I kind of felt like... It but, was forced. To yeah, <laughs> but still, I, I don't know. I, I liked I, I liked that, you know, because that's that's something realistic. I mean, that could happen yeah. in that area in Illinois. Oh, you know? Trust me, man. I was totally buying this movie. Up until now, I, I really was. You know, I mean, this whole every part of this opening up, I was like, okay, there's no music, but all right, I'm involved. Yeah, Dag's a little fucked up, you know, but yeah. So the the I was fine. stopping dead stop on oh, a cow. Fine. That was cool. That was awesome. There's okay, blood, blood cow splattered like yeah, fucking but, crazy. And, but you bought the fact that it stopped dead in its tracks. I mean, just sixty to zero and. One second, right? And that's what I was kind of getting at. Right. I mean, is it enough to where it like no. it ruins it for? No, no it, it does doesn't ruin it for him. But I did notice. But it. yeah, it's, it's it's awkward. But we're also we get the full intro after, which is a cool intro. A string of fucks from <laughs> Richard Brake before he gets his head sliced off with some glass. Full on the white horse. Well, with, yeah, and. uh his dead mom. That's what I was all fine with it. You know, him getting out of the van or the, the what are we, what the are we calling it? The bus. Yeah, we'll call it the bus. The meat wagon. The meat wagon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool, you know, intro. Yeah. You know, to, I liked it. And then he grabbed a piece of glass and just went over and Were you not concerned? Now he cut Brake's head off. Right. Never seen that okay. before. Yeah, you know, pretty that was pretty, but yeah. like, it's a zombie movie. Going so, along with that, are out. you not concerned that Michael Myers' hand is like probably sold halfway through? Dude, he just by ate the other side of the glass. 
He yeah, just I never ate a bullet did. to the face, which I want to talk about. This I had a little qualms with it. Where's the bullet hole in his face? Hmm. Where's the hole in the mask? That would have blown a big ass hole in his mask and stuff, you know. That's I know true. it looks it looks almost like to the side it could have been, which but I don't buy that because she shot him point blank and that blood just you know went yeah. everywhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, Good point. I have a hard time buying that, but yeah. then I definitely it lost me. Once, uh, yeah, you see, he's seen in the you in, see, down the road. Yeah, you're. I mean, honestly, I think everybody was horse. just going for the first time. They were just like, "What? What the, the fuck, fuck is going on here? What is this?" And I was one of them. Like, okay, where are we going? Well, I'm pretty sure at I'm this thinking, point, I crossed my arms in the theater. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm protecting like, myself. This here. is some thorn <laughs> shit coming out here. Yeah, no, it's it's. Not quite that. The true Halloween fans were very guarded from this moment on. Oh, yeah. I put my uh, guard up. I, I, everybody did. I did. You know? It, it took me some time to... I remember looking around the theater, and everybody did. Like, you've seen the entire theater at once <laughs> all put their arms across each other in front of their chest. And we're like... What's what going on here? <laughs> like, honey, what, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, whoever you're sitting Don't next to. Don't fuck this up, rock and roll man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hear you. But we're back at the hospital where Lori, she comes to and she goes to Annie's room, again, played by Daniel Harris, and uh, she lives also. Um, and then we get possibly the most brutal death in the franchise here with the Nurse Daniels character, uh, Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what exactly? Does she just get stabbed straight on in her face? Like, right around her nose and her mouth? Is that what happened? I'm thinking so. It's either that or she just... He just... I don't know. Because if he would have came down like a slash... Right. Like that, he would have got her whole face. Right. It was more like a like a this and then down... That's like a, like a, like a stab right near the nose, and then and then cut down the straight the through mouth. like in, yeah through the jaw and everything. That's basically yeah. a dream sequence anyway. So what's the consequence? Well, it is of right. It? This is we have to discuss this because mm-hmm. I mean I mean I don't know. I mean, is this the most brutal death we get in the entire franchise? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he, you got to well, think, think how many times I didn't think. get a stab count on this. I mean, but he went to town, yeah. and that's something we got to talk about too. We get very vocalized, yeah. aggressive uh, grunts. grunting. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of that, to be honest. I'm okay with it. You're I'm okay. Not, I'm not like, oh yeah, I love it. I want the breathing. I hear you. Yeah, I don't want the. Grunting of my Michael Myers. I don't know. I hear you. It, I ended up for it. I mean, you know. Okay, we're gonna do that. Okay, but he it's, wasn't it's, doing it. It's in not the a prior movie though. It wasn't a deal but, breaker. Okay, it's the but, same fucking character. It's yeah, same, same actor. But something has happened. He he's not he's the same shit. Too he's went through exactly. He's went through exactly. a white horse. No, he's he's mentally going through some shit here too. I mean, you guys. He's, he's kind of going he's, through some therapy. He's been through a. He's working shit out. Pretty like <laughs> slow paced last fifteen years, things are you know settled down in his brain a little bit, and all of a sudden he's thrown back into action. Well, no, I mean from the original, but okay, okay. Well, no, and now you're, you're now winning. Some, me. You're starting to win me here. Go and ahead. now all of a sudden, you know, that action has turned into him getting you know 
hurt pretty bad. I mean, he got shot in the fucking face, man. I mean, maybe it was a grazing blow. Maybe it was, you know, more impact than that. But either way, he's not affected by that. Wagon he right. has feelings, too, is what I'm trying to get at here. All right? got to consider those. And he's not on Prozac or Xanax His sister or... wouldn't acknowledge him. He's not, I get seeing you. All right. a, he's not seeing a psychiatrist anymore. He doesn't have any meds. He's off his meds. He just tried to kill he's him. Trying to, that's meds. what I'm getting to. He's off his meds here, okay? <laughs> and the first one, it was explainable that the meds maybe were still taking some effect. Okay, but All right. the Nurse Daniel's death, like, it, do you, is this the most brutal death? No. Not for you? Okay. Because she's not anybody consequential. I mean, okay. we've had, to me, a death has to be more effective in the, in the, the ballpark of... What I know about this character, this person's character, how much that character means to me, this didn't. This didn't okay, matter. Okay, but to me. from aggressive. I mean, yeah, I, aggressiveness, brutalness, rating. You know, no, not, it just didn't. Dude, I've never seen Michael Myers so fucking jacked to kill somebody. Yeah, ever, I mean, you know, and then he just I, leaves I see, the well, knife in her head. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just. It's I have core. to agree with the mayor. This okay. is the most brutal kill we get in the entire franchise. I Seriously. mean, it sets a tone where you're like, damn. Okay. All right. Yeah. Zombie. Not, Zo- this is a zombie coming out here. Not realizing that you guys were going to make this kill of the week, as Zombieland would call it. <laughs> okay. I didn't really pay that close attention to it. How I did need, you not? I am, okay. Well, I did. I didn't. It's intense. This is an inconsequential character, so I didn't really give it as much of my it. attention. In the original movie, when he was a kid, he stabbed... Um, you know, Judith, 17 times. That's his right. sister, though. It's a consequential right. character. <laughs> I get you, but he, he definitely stabbed, stabbed this woman that many times. What's her name again? More, uh, the nurse, nurse Daniels. Nurse okay, Daniels, well, yeah. I don't remember them saying, oh, Nurse Daniels is here. She's <laughs> And then, you know, giving a backstory you. on Nurse Daniels, she right. didn't mean anything to me. So I didn't really give her that much credit on, you know, brutal kill. I, I mean, I, I'll, started... I'll, re, I'll refocus my efforts when I rewatch this because I'll give it right another on. look. Just to see what we're talking about. Just right for, now. just for. <laughs> I mean, we did find out that her dog shit on her floor in conversation yeah, with true. the Carolyn Williams yeah. nurse character. That builds character. <laughs> hey, she's an everyday woman. Right. All right. That's what it's said. <laughs> you know. But yeah, as far as animosity, you know, for a kill, nothing compares. You know, really. To yeah. This scene. Right. And all this while this you know is going on, the Moody Blues is playing in the background. Nights and, all and that white shit, satin. You know? I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's really good, I like the Moody Blues. I'm a big fan of theirs. It's kind of interesting because you know we see Deborah Myers and she's in white. You know, it's I feel there's kind of a there's connection there a little bit to and what? Well, because to Michael Myers within because like because the mask is white. Oh my god! What she's wearing? Yeah, she's I know. Wearing completely white, and her or hair don't, is white. Don't be this guy. <laughs> well, you're, you're trying to act like it's significant to some. So I'm, I'm no, I'm saying what. that there. I feel like there is there. There's a reference there. It's a self reference within the movie. That's all. To Moving the color on. white. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Moving on. So, typically, uh, I'm not a fan of dream sequences. Kind of, they're kind of like fake-outs and stuff, especially in horror movies. But this one is really entertaining, and, I mean, it hits all the right notes for me. You know it's a dream sequence, s- sequence when once she um, lands, and she's, got, she's in the 
big ass pile of bodies. But that scene's only in the director's cut, the unrated right, director's cut. Right. And that's that's I, the one I, I'm referencing. And, I, I'll watch that one to root. And when I seen that, I mean, it was kind of like, oh, why? I mean, I, I guess maybe if anything, I kind of felt like, well, maybe this is an explanation for like, you know, how the la there was a lack of employees in the original Haddonfield Memorial Hospital <laughs> Part Two. Michael killed them all. Here they are. That's why okay. there's none in this one. I don't uh -huh. know, but it was yeah. I didn't honestly. I'm glad that was a scene that got cut from the theatrical version. To be honest, because that's that's obviously a zombie tell. references a lot of the Halloween movies throughout the he franchise. Does. In this he does. Movie. He does. I'll be honest. Uh, you guys have not given any merit to the theatrical cut being a superior version of this movie. And I strongly disagree right there, because it's 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 a it's a stronger finish to the movie. Well, right, and we'll get to that. But I'm just saying, like, it has a different it does flavor. And when I watch a movie, I'm watching unrated, raw. You know, well, good I, that's, for you. That's what good I want to watch. But I mean, I I look at two versions of a movie, and I pick the one that's superior, okay, whether yeah. it be unrated or not. You know, okay. not. And to me, this stands out as being a significant enough, enough difference. That, yeah, the theatrical cut to me is better. The one thing that I like with the unrated director's cut that we get, we get more of the unhinged Laurie. Hmm. And I kind of feel, honestly, that helps. I don't know. that To me, that enhances her character, yeah. me personally. I like seeing that. It's a little... Much at times. Oh yeah, it's zombie. Um, yeah, it's definitely zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But I can see where a person, and there are people that have, you know, broke down that much. You know, not right. to that extent, I guess. I got but all they're, that. They're from locked the, up in loony bins. I know. got all that from the theatrical cut, though. I mean, yeah, there's a couple more scenes. I, that's what, but I like seeing it. I guess yeah. I don't know. But like I said, usually not a fan of dream sequences. But I, I, the whole where she gets into Buddy's shack, hmm. like where yeah. that's yeah. awesome. That yeah. is that is tense. Like where she he he goes off and she's nervous. We're like Buddy, and she's like, you know, and you keep you go back to the door and it's just raining and nothing and you, you hear Moody Blues going and I don't know. I I think that is a awesome scene. I really like that scene and he just barrels through that entire shack and you know right at the time you know boom she's waking up screaming yeah this whole hospital sense. chase scene is effective for me i yeah. have no issues paying homage to part two you know yeah original two. i have no issues with it being a dream sequence really. i don't either that's what i'm saying like i usually i don't like that because i'm just kind of like mm. eh, it's cheap but i don't know it is so entertaining it is so good mm. like i'll allow it yeah same i'm with you man did you know that John Carpenter was actually offered a cameo in this by Rob Zombie? But really, uh, yeah, he turned it down. Wonder why? There was some heat with uh, Carpenter and Zombie over this franchise takeover. Yeah, there whether, was whether there were some differences of opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of touched on this on the uh, the 2007 review we just did, but why is Annie acting like? Sheriff Brackett's wife and not daughter. She's not acting like a daughter. I mean, she's acting like a shrew. She's a harpy of a wife. That's oh, what she's acting of. like. 
that's weird. Well, she, you got to think about it. You know, she went through the orde- same ordeal as sure. Lori and all that shit. Um, she's pretty much, it seems like housebound. You know, she is there to pretty much just take care of the house and, and take care of her dad and everything. You still get that father-daughter element, you know, when they're together and shit. I Not, get where I get where it's uh, you know, more kind of husband and wife and shit. But if yeah. she's running the house and everything, you know, and females rule, you know, in houses. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I can already tell I'm with the Lord on this one. Yeah. Really? Yep. Okay. I mean, for me, I I totally got a husband wife dynamic there, and not so much father daughter. I mean, it really that's something that really it's father daughter who's connected through a uh, traumatic experience, and there's no mother figure in the house, so daughter has assumed the role role. of that figure in the house, but is still yeah no, that's exactly how I consider it. Okay, fair enough. All right, never thought any further into it. But uh, I do appreciate the survivor dynamic that exists there between Lori and Annie. Um, I I find that interesting. And when uh, Lori goes to see her psychiatrist, which I really love seeing Margot Kidder, who uh, was Lois Lane in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, and she was in Amityville Horror from 79. Oh, huh, I never heard of her. Black Christmas. Yeah. Margot Margaret Kidder, you said? Yes. Margot. Oh, okay. <laughs> you and your phonetic... Talk. Uh, Margot. Margot. Yeah, Margot. I'm a fan of Margot Kidder. Kidder. No, Margot Kidder. No, but, uh, <laughs> you know, she starts, Lori starts talking to her about, like, you know, her relationship with Annie, and she has a thought, and she just kind of stops herself, and, you know, Margot Kidder, you know, tries to, you no, know, have her follow through it, and yeah. she doesn't want to, and, you know, we get. You know, face-to-face conversation with Lori and Annie later in the movie, where they kind of argue out and fight, and I don't know. I really like that because, again, I, I've comp, you know, I mentioned uh, how I'm extremely appreciative of Rob Zombie's interpretation of realism in his movies, with how uh, characters would interact and talk and react to certain, you know factors that's going on around them and i feel like this is this is spot on i hear it might maybe a little language. too vulgar yeah, yeah. maybe might a little too language. vulgar but I, I i really like this i really liked it i mean it's just real stuff I, I like this i'll be honest you've smartened me up to the thinking of rob zombie on these characters from okay. rewatching it because cool before that i i was i wasn't a fan of this movie because it just it wasn't my, you know, like I said, it wasn't my Dr. Loomis. It wasn't my Laurie Strode. Sure. These, these characters are not how I would have foreseen them going forward from 1978. Okay, but with with a different perspective, close the door to 1978's movies and open your mind to this, and it, it connects for me. There is, you know, in, in this generation too, I mean, it's just a different... It's a different environment. Yeah. And we've got in a different... Thinking that way, does Loomis connect with you? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) You mean mean Malcolm McDowell? Yeah, Malcolm McDowell. Wow, he is just a kind, pleasant man to me (laughs) in this movie. I mean... You're fucking with me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think he's somebody I'd like to meet in person. Oh my god! Now. I mean, after seeing this, in this movie, movie. Oh yeah, I think I'm worried I think about Malcolm you now. McDowell is a legit think... juggernaut in the acting scene. <laughs> oh man! Oh my god! god. Okay, King. So <laughs> I'm out with that. <laughs> fun Firm nine for Malcolm McDowell in the acting scene. Uh, this guy. All right, so. I mean, we've kind of we're brushing around it here. Let's scout Taylor Compton's performance as Laurie in this movie. Lord, what do you do? You yay or nay? Um, it's a fifty-fifty for me. I can see. I, I think she plays a very good trauma victim. Yeah. You know. Um. I. I, I think I know much, what you're too saying. Too much. Too much. And the language is so. It's yeah. so amped up in this it's ex- one. Yeah, it's very... I don't know. It's, it, it's such a big change. It's a complete 180 degrees from Halloween. I don't know. What? What? 50? What? What's up? She is a far more polished actress in this movie than she was in H1. Far more polished. It's a different take. Sure. It's a very different take, and I don't know if the king's fucking with us right now or not, but I kind of have to agree with him because I... Like this performance from Scout Taylor Compton more than I did in 2007. Hmm. Damn right. I have them about the same. Seriously. Really? Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Okay. So she made the Lori character her own. You know. In this yeah. one. So. In this one, she did. Sure. Okay. So Malcolm McDowell on this Doctor Loomis version. What do you think? I mean, I'm you like not it? Not a fan. I don't like how Zombie turned Loomis into what Dave said in the previous movie. What narcissistic asshole. I've never said such things. Lies, sir! I Malcolm McDowell? <laughs> narcissistic. From time after time, Malcolm McDowell? That guy right there. Huh. Caligula? I've never seen that. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm not a fan of what Zombie did to Malcolm McDowell's character. You know, I don't I, I don't he ruined Loomis for me. And I know he gets wow. his little redemption arc. But that's not he wasn't even like that in the in, in the first movie, you know? You mean Donald Pleasance wasn't like that? No. Malcolm, Malcolm oh, McDowell. Oh, you mean Malcolm McDowell was not wasn't acting, like that in no. 2007, but no. in 2009. Complete change. He's flipped. Well, it's brain damage. Now, right? yeah, I, I, I guess it could be Listen, brain damage. I, we've already established everyone here has gone through some trauma. That's true. Since this last, you know. Yeah, but he's capitalizing hardcore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, wouldn't you? No. He believes in the I almighty wouldn't. dollar. No. He's out to get famous at this point, and that's not what he was about in the original. I don't know. In Zombie. Really? Yeah. He was about <laughs> getting famous in the original, not in this one. Mm. Not really. It seemed like he was just like on the lecture circuit talking about actual psychosis and stuff of Michael Myers and shit. I mean, he Whereas did this have one a book is out. now, a, yeah, but but I don't know. He didn't flaunt it. It was more for to educate at that point. Yeah, I, and then I, I the second book believe. was to exploit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he's he's got he's riding around limousines and shit in this one. He's got secretaries and all that shit. <laughs> Damn right he does. I, I'm not a fan. Doctor Fucking Loomis, we're talking about. I'm not a fan. It it took me a little while to kind of warm up to it because at first I was just like, arms crossed, sitting back, like, mm, nope. 
but he was that one guy in the theater. I remember now. He had his arms crossed during the scene because I looked around. Nobody but Matt. Yep, I remember. But again, going back to realism in situations with characters, I feel that this is a very—I mean, this is a very plausible route for him to go. I feel that it's it's reasonable. It's not without there's Loomis. Yes, Doctor Loomis. This Doctor Loomis. Nope, I don't know. Been through some shit. But did you know (laughs) Malcolm McDowell actually quotes uh, his character Alex uh, from Clockwork Orange during a press conference, and he says, "Let's get things nice and sparkling clear." I noticed it as soon as we I watched Mm. it in the theaters. I I figure you picked "Ah." up on that. I crossed my my arms at that scene. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yep. Scoffed at it. Yep. (sighs) You're like. Not my Doctor Loomis. Not my Doctor Lewis. <laughs> we get a we get a cool cameo by Howard Hessman, who was Doctor Johnny Fever on WKRP in Cincinnati, and he was also the uh, main character in the show Head of the, Head of the Class. Which I remember we watched that show religiously as I uh, when I was a kid. But he is viewers. Ready. If you've heard of either of these shows, comment on the Facebook page. WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, is how, yeah. I'm aware of them. Okay. Okay. Only because, you know... We're we, old? We deep dive and we are old. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying viewers probably aren't, but carry oh, on. Well... But he's credited as Uncle Meat, and he is Lori and her new friend's boss. Yeah. He's very much a hippie stoner, you know. I don't know. I, that was kind of cool seeing him. Because I hadn't seen him in yeah. anything for a long time. And right. Again, another past their prime actor in a Rob Zombie movie. Surprise, surprise. But I don't know. It was, it was cool seeing him yeah. in this moment. Even though I'm from that generation, I wasn't a regular viewer of WKRP in Cincinnati. So uh, I, it I doesn't was. ring a bell with me. But okay, My parents were. He wasn't on a few episodes. He yeah. wasn't on ALF, so I don't remember him. <laughs> okay. All right. That's where I'm at. <laughs> He's easily recognizable, though. All right. I think he has a distinct voice. Right on, sister. (laughs) That's funny. But Rob Zombie made it real easy to root for Michael in the scene where the rednecks beat him up Mm -hmm. out there in the field. In the scene. Oh, yeah. Even though he's unmasked and everything. Well, he puts the mask on. He does put the mask on. But at this point, it has been established that Michael Myers is just a hobo now. Yeah. Walking the earth. He's a gigantic hobo... Like he's grizzly. He's walking the earth. Plug in that, yeah. Some walking the earth from Pulp Fiction, right here. Uh, <laughs> this, no. is, this is where uh, I feel like Michael Myers, and he's unmasked. Dis- well, yeah, he's unmasked, but A this lot. is where he displays his trauma. I mean, because he does kind of allow them to, you know, take him over at first. I mean, he he. He doesn't really resist or, you know, block or fight back immediately. And this is when we see Michael Myers, you know, vulnerable. Do you think that maybe that's him just kind of playing possum because then it gets their guard down? Because like, they're I like, oh, I did well, on first we, viewing. I did on first viewing. I, I agree. Know. Oh, we beat this guy up. He's down. He's down for the count. And then, boom, here we are, and I'm fucking you up. I got a different perspective about it after reviewing it. Okay. <laughs> We get the unmasked 
hobo Michael Myers a lot in this. What do you guys think of that? That's kind of treading on some ground there where there's a big split among horror fans in this. You were not supposed to see his face. Initially, not a fan. After a I mean, review. he is grizzly out as shit. You know, yeah. his beard's rocking. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a lot of hair. Stash. Yeah, he's, yeah. He ain't taking care of himself in the bathroom. I mean, he's got a magnificent beard. I yeah. mean, it is just... <laughs> it's right and proper. But <laughs> I don't like my Michael Myers unmasked. I don't like seeing him unmasked as much as we do. I'll, I will agree with that. I That's something I didn't like. Now, when you see it in the scene where he's getting beat up by the rednecks and it's, you know, it's in the darkness and then you just have the headlights kind of showing from the background, you really can't see too much. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but you get clear daylight. No, right. That's the shots. stuff I don't. It's, I don't like it's too much. Yeah, I agree. For the scene we're talking about, I don't have a problem with it. But yeah, during yeah. direct daylight, I have a problem with it. Okay, so are we really going to retread this like kind of I guess psychic connection to Michael Myers again, like we kind of did with Jamie and Halloween Five? That's what I'm thinking. You know, Rob is paying homage to a lot of you know he's putting in right. a ton of easter eggs you know for each movie and right. stuff yeah and obviously I'm talking about the pizza dinner slash Michael Myers eating pizza the dog. rednecks dog mm. scene which I've heard and gathered from a lot of people that that really put them off like this was a very controversial scene for a lot of people and it's I mean in the unrated director's cut <sighs> I mean it's definitely when you're just you're like oh, alright <laughs> you know Obviously, I mean, we know he's it's all fake. He's got to eat. He's right. got to eat. You know. And it's been established that, you know, he eats dogs. I mean, he does yeah, what no. he does got to do to get by. But in the scenes where we get young Michael Myers and Sherry Moon Zombie as his ghost mom, I really enjoy these visuals. I, I They're they're stunning. I mean, they, they are to look at, you know, they are... I don't know. They're interesting. There's, I mean, there's a lot going on, but I mean, if you're fam- familiar with what Rob Zombie does, I get you. The, it, I mean, this falls right in line. But you said really, but I was really happy with visuals. how Rob Zombie. I do, I do enjoy them. I, I find them very interesting and I oddly captivating. Uh, the one where you get the skeleton with the Michael Myers mask. I don't know. That's really cool. That's kind of wicked looking, man. I like that. But you didn't let me finish. I don't think it belongs in a Michael Myers movie. It doesn't. You are correct. It does not. Leave but it, for it is... Like a Lords of Salem movie. Something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Perfect. I agree. Yeah. And it belongs in that shit. Yeah. You know? But, I don't know. They're, like I said, they're Whitehorse. oddly captivating. They're interesting. It's too much. Yeah. I mean, he's literally just walking around following a ghostly figure the entire movie. Listening to his yeah. kid self. Yeah. But those images... Uh immediately make you think of this movie well i mean but here's the thing though it, it really hurts this movie a lot in my opinion you know and that's why it, those images really if, make you think if of this you're movie. gonna establish they should establish this shit in the original in, in rob zombie's first one you know i like the fact that but they, but rob they, zombie what? actually got away from himself to do the original i mean yeah he he doubt he's he's got it's definitely zombied-esque but this is just, it's it's House of a Thousand Corpses, Michael Myers, you know, style. It's just, I don't know. What do you think about these visuals that we get with... Like, Again, like the table scene. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, like the right. table scene, you know, where he's like, I found Boo. Yeah. And, you know, you got, like, 
some kind of demented looking um, Return to Oz meets Mad Hatter esque. Well, it is King um, Jack, Earl of Pumpkin, Bishop Trick, and oh, Lord yeah. Treat. Right on. See, I, yeah, I didn't even know that they have names. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like I said, <laughs> Rob yeah, Zombie gives everyone names. Everyone names. Yes. Right? I remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he gives Lori a name. Her, her past Angel, self. Angel, you mean? Angel. Angel. Yeah, there was reason for that. So, too. Yeah, what was the reason for that? Remind me. Well, because he wanted Lori to be the representation of the exact opposite of what Michael was. Devil Angel. Okay. Hmm. Is that clearly spoken in the movie? Because I don't. No, think no. But that sure. was Rob Zombie's intent. Okay. Well, he didn't tell me. Well, no, that, that when when either, I was was but, I was expected to call her Angel Myers now, I thought, what the fuck is this? No, that table scene is ridiculous, dude. I it's I think ridiculous. it's neat. I think it's neat. But like I said, it you doesn't know, belong. It, it doesn't, doesn't belong, belong in a Michael Myers yeah. movie, uh, and I acknowledge that. But we also get some pretty strong and intense visuals with Lori. She has like these visions or daydreams or hallucinations. I don't know what they are. Seizures. See, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Nights in white satin. I mean, it's yeah. I. I don't know. I mean, what do you think about those? I mean, where she's like basically I mean, who fantasizing about I killing think... Annie, more or less, right? I didn't get yeah, that. Kind of. I mean, really? I mean, she's screaming, "Die, you fucking bitch!" Like repeatedly, and you see flashes of Annie, and you hear her saying, "Lori, stop it's the it!" Dark or... side coming out of her. You know, it's the connection. But it's not the cult it's the of white horse. It's the white horse. It's yeah. not the cult of Florida. It's the white, white horse. horse. You know, I didn't want to yeah. believe it. I'm not a fan. I mean, but who knows what goes on in a seizure? What you're thinking of? You know, probably not thinking much of anything. I don't know. Your brain's kind of shutting down. You know, but I guess you are. You could have some kind of flashbacks and stuff. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's zombie. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, we just yeah. But that's what this movie is. It so is. Do we like I this mean, movie or not? I mean, at this point, we've gone back and forth pretty hard. I think it's uh, no. I I'm like not, it. I'm not it, digging it, it. It has its merit. Not for a Myers movie. Not for a Halloween movie. Mm. We'll get into that though. But uh, right. we end up finding out that Loomis he's releasing a new book on Halloween and begins to make. Uh, this makes Brackett leery because of what he told Loomis in the cop car about the secret with, you know, Laurie and Michael Myers being siblings. And Laurie ends up finding this out because she buys the book and she, well, let's just say she kind of freaks out. Brackett's pissed, man. Oh, he is <laughs> irate. Unjustifiably. Yes. Yep. No, unjustifiably, yeah. I said. Yeah, that's what you said. Yep. Justifiably. Unjustifiably. Why? Why? What? It'd be justifiably. Nah. Why? He's justifiably pissed. Yeah. He's allowed to be pissed. Yeah, he nah. confided. That's justified. That's justified. Nah. Oh my god. I'm taking opposition to Kane's, that. Kane's brain's <laughs> not working tonight, guys. Yo, shit ain't working up there, so. <laughs> 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 We're gonna play it out to the end too. Well, we're, uh, we're introduced to the Rabbit and Red strip club owner, Big Lou, uh, that Deborah Myers worked at in the last movie, and we actually see a brief glimpse of his character uh, in the scene right before she gets home and finds out that young Michael Myers had basically killed everybody. Yeah. Um, and it's played by Daniel Roebuck, who was the coroner from Bubba Hotep, which we reviewed back <laughs> in episode five. Um, Do you remember the coroner from Bubba Hotep? No. I don't either. I don't. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one. Anyways. Good. But, but that was uh, a long time ago. Yeah. 
his uh, his lackey worker Howard, which uh, another Rob Zombie favorite, Jeff Daniel Phillips, who also plays another role in this. He is Uncle Seymour Coffins, who is the host of the Halloween party that Laurie and friends end up going to, and a stripper that gets really acquainted with a mirror. Yes, she does. Mm. Some brutal fucking deaths here. Like when he breaks Lou's arm and he's got it dangling there. (laughs) Oh man, it's just. No, that's vanity's a sin. I mean, it's extreme, but I mean, he bashes the shit out of her face. Into he's that exploiting mirror. the fact that you know that um, Michael Myers's uh, mom used to work there and shit. I mean, he's a he's mom's got a, boy. He's back. No, I'm talking about the um, the owner, the owner of yeah. Robin Red. You know, he's got big old signs of mm. right. He's totally exploiting that shit. Oh yeah, I I'll, I'll allow this kill. You know, Michael yeah. Myers deserves the. Oh no, I like this. this one, I like you know, the, so. the the deaths that we get here. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the scene with the Loomis book signing and the uh, Newman Hour show scenes okay. with yeah. uh, with Malcolm McDowell. What do you guys? I mean, the whole book signing scene. Obviously, we have a uh, you know, it's Linda's dad who comes and brandishes a gun in his face and I mean we find out it's not loaded supposedly yeah but man I mean exploiting deaths you know I mean again I feel like that's that that shit happens that happens it does happen you know um now obviously I kind of feel like the uh, the Newman Hour show that was uh you know had Weird Al, Weird Al Yankovic on there and old boy <laughs> and that, Chris Hardwick and Chris Hardwick yeah from uh, House of Thousand Corpses yeah, and he does the uh, what is it the uh, Talking Dead? Talking Dead. And that's right. I've been I've been actually a big fan of Chris Hardwick before um, even House of Thousand Corpses. Oh yeah, yeah. What did was, he do before? He that? was in that's a the first band. Thing he was in a band actually called Hard and Firm. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake! I swear I mean, to God, dude. And it's it's very uh, it's funny funny shit. Oh so, nice. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Talk about deep cuts, you guys. Yeah, are. man. Cut me below the friggin' ankle. Oh, sorry, man, but I I've been listening. I, I used to listen to that shit Unreal. when it first came out. Okay, and stuff, so. that's cool, man. Nice. <laughs> Back to the topic at hand. I was like, I was like <laughs> hey. twenty. I was like twenty years listen, old. Listen, shit like yeah. that. You know, Malcolm McDowell can do no wrong. We're talking about the scene oh, where Malcolm guy. McDowell's on the talk show. Oh man, Malcolm McDowell can do no wrong. <laughs> well, Declaration, <laughs> the king. Uh, Obviously, the Newman Hour show scenes—they're more satirical. You know, with Weird Al Yankovic, and obviously they make a reference to Mike Myers, you know, from Austin Powers, and yeah. basically just make Loomis the butt of the joke. And I mean, he, he kind of feels deserves like, it, though. Yeah. He oh no, I, I feel it's it's due. But is that humor? Is it is it is it placed well? Is it like is it no? Well, it kind of. I guess if if for the redeeming arc to 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 come. You okay. Know, he's got to hit kind of like a rock bottom. Okay. To it all. Are you a giant? Can we be friends? This is a really creepy scene because, like, again, it's that there's a child in this in this case a young child that is in potential danger with this behemoth, Michael Myers, and it gives you that because hey, this is Rob Zombie. It's zombied. Is he gonna go there? Nah. I mean, he never, doesn't. I never My, questioned for a second that he. Michael Myers has an age limit. Okay. I think it's about fourteen. Yes, we find out roughly, kind of. It's about fourteen years old. That's all I'll say about that. 
All right, Forrest. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> but I have to say, this Halloween party that Lori goes to is pretty fucking badass. I mean, I would love to go, like, the three of us go to something like that. Like, dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like what we got at Horror Hound almost there when we went to see... Uh, yeah. Unknown. Unknown, you know, Unknown yeah. Listened. I mean, what was... The, uh, what was the band prior to that? I, yeah. I can't remember. Exactly. It was, it, it was really loud, though. It was yeah. really loud. And they got worse as it started, went on. Like, it started, started off like, all right, cool. And then it just kind of, it went downhill quick. But but no, Hitchhikers, if you ever get the chance to uh, go see an Unknown Henson concert, go by all means, go. You'll have a good me. laugh. You'll have a good laugh, and you will be, like, I mean, he... Man. Hell yeah, he can, and he and he can wail. Yeah, he can. That's what I was gonna say, man. He he's really no joke. He seems like a joke on Squidbillies, but yeah, no. He's got oh, his he's, act together. He, yeah, he is a talented man. His persona is great. Oh, it's over the top. Yeah, it is he does it right though. Yeah. Yep. But this Wolfman character guy that's all dressed up with this shagging wagon van. <laughs> You could have fooled me that this was Jesse Eisenberg from Zombieland and the Social Network and Adventureland. Like, honestly, if you hear his voice, like, I, I swear that's him. I know it's not. It's actually played by Matt Bush, who ironically was also in Adventureland. And he's on uh, that show, uh, The Goldbergs. Mm-hmm. Oh, right on. Okay. But yeah. I don't know. I He had that real very nervous, just kind of jittery talk where he's trying to be he's trying cool. to get laid and yeah he's trying to be cool and to try to get laid but he's like not doing it at all and she's like totally just like stop talking just <laughs> shut up this is gonna happen just stop but i i just couldn't believe how similar yeah i'll touch your boob hold on here yeah that, that was nice <laughs> well that's just swell <laughs> a good comparison yep. yeah at least he didn't call it like a bag of sand. Right. You know, like Steve Carell did in 40-Year-Old Virgin, though. That's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, Lori ends up seeing a vision of the young Michael Myers and Sherry Moon Zombie at the party, and she has a massive freakout. So the one surviving friend, because the third one got killed with Werewolf Boy, <laughs> uh, her name's Maya, played by Bria Grant. They leave to go back to the Bracket House, where a deputy has been sent to watch over Annie. I really love this reveal of Michael coming out from behind the tree. To get the, the sheriff? Yeah, to yeah. get the deputy. That is so yeah. cool, man. That's a nice... I didn't see that coming, actually. No, and it's so no. smooth. It's 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 nice. I, I thought that was a really cool, uh, that was a really cool reveal. Hmm. I like that a lot. But uh, Annie, she finally gets it in this one, uh, and it, and once again, brutal fashion. And uh, we only at first we hear some of it, and then we eventually we get glimpses of it, and we end up hearing pretty much all of it. Uh, Lori and her friend they discover a still alive Annie at this point, nude, covered in blood. I mean, just this like it's. Like it's pretty much what happened to her in the first one. More or less. You know, yeah. it really is. Yeah. It's just, you know, you can take that shit twice, you know? Right. right. But Annie ends up dying in Lori's arms, and then Lori ends up escaping the house with Michael chasing her through the woods. I want to talk about this scene, because this, this scene when Brad Dorif comes 
they he figures out there was a nine one one call and it came from his house, and he arrives on the scene. Yeah, guys, Brad Dorf knocks it out of the park with it. Brad Dorf is the best character in this in this Rob Zombie duology. Are you are you messing with me right now? Or or, this, no, I'm absolutely because I'm I'm, in, I'm kind of in agreement with you on this. Dead man. serious in this movie, 100%. it's it's between Both. it's between Scout and Brad Dorf because of this scene. I'm gonna tell you guys, goosebumps. That is some powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. To be I honest, mean, guys, you know I I I like Charles Cyphers and shit, but man, absolutely. I his role wasn't as significant no, as Brad Dorf's no, in this version, right? And I don't think Cyphers could ever have hit this. Mark, never. No. Which so you know, I kind of like this bracket a hair more than Charles Cyphers's, but I still, I still like Charles Cyphers' bracket. Same, I love it, but still, I, 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 I do enjoy Brad Dorf's a hair more, bub. Um, I'm Team Cyphers. I know, you but are. I, I know you are. I'm telling you, I'm with you, Lord. Brad Dorf does an amazing job here, and for me, this is the most emotionally driven heartbreaking scene in the franchise. This is Brad Dorf with some of his best. And you pair it with that score that's going with the video clips of a real Danielle Harris with yeah. a puppy. Jesus. As a father, fortunately, I don't know this pain, but I can relate to it. Yeah. It's just powerful. Yeah. It's it's heart wrenching. It really is. Yeah. It's captured well. Yeah. I like the you know the slow Slowing down to the time and everything, you know, drawing that aspect of it. Yeah. I want to go as far as say as uh, Brad Dorif takes over the role of Dr. Loomis in this, you know, two movies to me. He kind of does. Yeah, he does. Than, uh, Malcolm McDowell as, as Dr. Loomis. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell, he just more or less comes back at the last second just to, to save redeem face, himself. More or less. Yeah. Right. No, you make a good point there. Yeah, good point. But okay, well, hold on. In what what way though? Just to, I'm more I'm more buying into his his character. I okay, mean, okay, I get he, you. And he takes more of the lead as that protagonist against Michael Myers and what I feel Doctor Loomis does. Yeah. In this series. No, I'd have to agree with you. I'd have to agree with you on that. But uh, Michael pursuing Lori, she ends up. Getting into a hitchhiker's car, played by Sean Whalen, um, another character actor, been in care of countless stuff. But he ends up flipping the car, killing him, flipping the car over with Lori in it. Ends up taking her into the shack, into the woods, where our final showdown occurs. Um, we're also introduced to uh, a deputy. It's a brief cameo, but it's Bill Fagerbach, who was I knew him. There yeah, we go. As Dauber from the show Coach with Craig T. Yes, Nelson, yes. but he is most mm-hmm. notably the voice of Patrick Starr from SpongeBob SquarePants from yeah. Nickelodeon. That was kind of cool. He's Patrick. He's Patrick. I hear Patrick. I don't hear Dauber anymore. I hear Patrick. When Jesus. he speaks, I hear a more sophisticated Patrick. <laughs> more coherent Patrick. Yeah. I'm learning new things every day, boys. You're welcome. <laughs> So, Brackett and the whole Haddonfield Police Department, they arrive on the scene here at this shack, as does Loomis after seeing the news report on the TV from his hotel room. And After he's hit rock bottom. Right. He gets there pretty quick, too. Boys. He does. <laughs> that was 
He must be a minute away. It's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> we'll call it time restraints. He was in mm. town though. He okay. was. And I mean, how big is Haddonfield really? But I, again, Brad Doris' reaction to Loomis when he arrives on the scene—I love that. It's yeah, genuine. Yeah. Like he—he yeah. he wants to fucking kill him. He wants to kill him right there. No. <laughs> he but says it. I want to shoot you. I want to shoot you so bad. And Patrick <laughs> Star says, "Don't do it, Sheriff Brackett." <laughs> anyway, SpongeBob. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. I wish you wouldn't have told me that. but Loomis ends up going into the shack where Michael Myers, Lori, young Michael Myers and Sherry Moon Moon Zombie are but wait, it's really just Michael and Lori are you shitting me? that wasn't real? what? God, kill me now (laughs) Christ Uh, Lori's having a convulsion like somebody's holding me down right there's nobody there, Lori. My God, and, and Michael's just standing there watching this convulsion happen. And I don't know, man. I, yeah, he kind of went bailiff again, didn't he? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, God. But I kind of think there might be an homage here to Halloween Three with Doctor Chalice. The way stop, he's was well, stop, stop it, yeah. stop it. I that I that agree crossed with that. my mind. Yeah. But Michael, he ends up saying, "Die, unmasked, <clears throat> kills Loomis." Guys, that is not a one star. That is a two star drop for me. I don't remember. Him Fair enough. That, I that is cut. that's ridiculous. In a theatrical cut, no, that is not what happens. Mm. So Michael Myers speaks. Yep. I can't. I cannot. It, it can't be saved at that point. You know. Damn it. I disclude anything it. but the theatrical cut. I hear you. Rating and review I understand. this movie. But he ends up getting cut down by the police. Lori kind of stumbles out. She ends up going over to Michael's knife. She starts going towards Loomis. And then she ends up getting shot. Then we cut to a white hallway where Lori is at the end uh, sitting on a bed, which is an obvious homage to Psycho, in my opinion. And then she has this very, I mean, she's, I mean, out of it, just... Well, she's Days, and, sedate, well, it's, it's I mean, a psycho relation, but it's also kind of a part four relation. You know, she's going to take the reins now. Right. It appears that way know. because she start, she looks up and she starts to grin. And then we she see the Jane Seymour smile. Yeah. <laughs> we see uh, Sherry Moon Zombie and the White Horse start coming towards her. So it's implied that she's going to take the reins. But, all right. So Your version of this taking the reins of the is, White Horse. Is, is is way less effective to me. Okay, well, recap from... To see her walk out of the barn... And get shot. In the Michael Myers mask, and she falls to her knees, takes off the mask, she doesn't get shot. Well, okay, gotcha, alright. That's kind of important, she doesn't get shot, because to me, the scene that you're referring to in the unrated director's cut, her being shot makes that next scene just... Stupid. Uh... Whatever unneeded, like it's the afterlife. This is this is her like hmm. afterlife. Is this her going towards the light, seeing how things play out after that? Yeah, maybe she's still there actually, no. and she's ready no. to come back to life. Don't that's get, how you don't start get carried away here. Don't get carried away here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got Christ. two versions. You've got the this is her seeing her afterlife, and or this is her seeing a continuation. 
of actually being alive, she's been institutionalized, and she's seeing these visions now. To me, that is significant enough to make a change in my view of this movie, okay. and the ending specifically. No, that's fair enough. I mean, because they are. I mean, they're they're very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So no, I, that's fair. It makes sense. I mean, not, right. I don't. I've never disagreed with you that you know. I just like to watch the unrated. Okay. I want to see pretty much everything. Oh, I don't want to see Michael Myers. That's die. why I am. I, I want to see, see everything. I don't want to see Michael Myers. That way I can see like what the fuck, guys. What were you thinking? And or like, wow, why didn't you include that? Well, I yeah. want to watch this movie with the eye of I love this franchise and I want to see the best quality version of it possible. I hear you. So, but finally we get the John Carpenter score at the end credits. I guess it's better late than never. I suppose <laughs> it's not. It's useless. <laughs> it's useless at this point. I'm already <laughs> done walking out of the theater. <laughs> but did you all know that this was the first Rob Zombie movie to not star Sid Haig, Bill Mosley, or Tom Tolles? Well, made sure he got his wife in there though. He sure did. Fucking zombie. Tanya. Zombied it. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, everything he's done is because his wife is. It does. No, it absolutely does. Yeah. I don't like it. Speaking of narcissistic assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you think she makes him put her in it or what? Or uh, he wants to put uh, her in it? Subconsciously. Under the sheets, yeah, she does. <laughs> ah. All right. You know what I'm saying? I think I know what you're you saying. get my derivative. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> it really would have been a better movie if that shit had never been involved. Yeah, it's Kept it wasn't needed. Out of it it wasn't know? needed. It mm-hmm. wasn't needed. Because her role was really well, played well in the in the first one. No, I liked it. I liked, it. So I liked that performance. Well. Yeah, yeah, and closed well, right. No, I, I really enjoyed her performance in the first. Very pedestrian in this one. Yeah, just... It's useless. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't yeah. make anything better. No, I don't feel it improves. It's pretty much just her gawking and just you know, big eyed the entire time. Very almost robotic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, does anybody have anything they wanna pile on here at the very end before we go to the wrap ups or are we done with this one? Malcolm McDowell could do no wrong. I take that as we're done with this one. So, Cam, do you want to take us away? <laughs> I'll take that as we're done. <laughs> and fuck Malcolm McDowell. I've been bullshitting this whole time. No! <laughs> that asshole. Man, he really fucked Loomis over. I mean, that's not my Dr. Loomis. <laughs> no. Thank no, you. This, it's this, pouring out now. Yeah, this is All the real okay, emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I do have two perspectives on this movie. I get the, the you know, that's why I brought it up earlier, the... You look back on something that you thought sucked at the time, but maybe turned out to be, okay, this is what this guy wanted to do with it. He wanted to completely blow our minds, take it a different route, give it his own you know, spin, because in part one, he really couldn't. He, he had restrictions. Part one's got to be... He was tethered, yeah. Yeah. And then in this one, he, you know, the chains are off. He hey, let man. loose. And look. he did his own thing, and, and it's, just, it's, it's a cool story of Michael Myers if... If you've got nothing else to do, but it's it's a different tale, sure is. than I would have expected from the previous you know deductions of this movie. So I'm I'm going to give this a I'm going to give it a five, a five, a five. Okay, 
And that's this based the on the theatrical, theatrical okay, version the of the movie theatrical. because to me, your version of it is is a below a five. Okay, I'm aware of this below a five. So is this it's rewatchable, or just yeah, if, it's, if you want a deep cut, you want to go for a deep dive. It's rewatchable if you can open your mind to a new way of thinking about it. I mean, I don't know if everybody gets a reference of the the heel turn of Hulk Hogan, but it's it's a thing that didn't catch on the second it happened, but later down the road you look back and you're like, yeah, that was pretty genius. I see what they did there, and I can appreciate the artistry, the thinking, the you know thought process put into this. All right. So, yeah. Five out of ten from the king. All right, Lord. I'm going to have to agree with you, Dave, that the unrated director's cut is a less appealing movie than the theatrical. Um, I can't stand the fact that Zombie or that zombie got Michael Myers. He made him speak. I can't right. get past it. Um, the mask in this movie, you know, when it is shown is, you know, it's it's a half a mask half the time, you know. When the, when the movie first started, it was, I was on par. I was like, okay, yeah. you know. Like I said, and then once you introduce all this white horse shit, I'm, I'm not a, I guess I'm just not ready to open up my mind to the occult. I mean, I, 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 yeah, yeah, the supernatural aspect of it. I know they brought, you know, some of that stuff into the thorn shit, but again, I didn't like that. I mean, I like the, Michael Myers needs to just be an entity of evil that there's no reason why he comes back. He just does. Less is more here. Yep. I, I, I do appreciate the psychosis, you know, the, the dip that uh, Lori goes through in this movie. It's very viable. People would ex- uh, and do experience um, shit like this happening, you know, not to the extreme of what Michael Myers did, I'm sure, you know, but... I mean, you got to consider psychosis of Michael Myers, too, because he does take a, you know... A change in this, but I have We're prom- I have that. I have qualms yeah. with it though because I mean you don't really ever get to see the damage done to Michael, you know except for, except the physical men- except mentally. That's what I'm saying oh, though. Well, yeah. You know you get physical and mental um, defects from Lori and Annie and you know all the even Bracket. You know he's a little broken down from all this shit, um, but you don't get that from Michael. You just get the like the mental, I, mm. I guess, if you really want to call it that, you know. In my opinion, he's mm. just, I, I can't, I cannot grasp hold of the white horse shit. I just can't do it. Cannot do it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so with that, that being said, and I fucking hate, sorry, and I hate Loomis in this, and he, he fucking destroyed a great character. You're talking about Malcolm McDowell. Yes. No, I'm not talking about Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell, Malcolm McDowell was the wrong. actor. He 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 just played the part that was given to him. You know, Zombie wrote this shit. Ah, uh, no. You know? You, you just don't fucking break down a character like that. You know, you don't change his personality traits and shit like that. I don't like it. I just tried to flip-flop on you. He was never to, like that in the first one. To expose never. the fact that maybe you didn't think Malcolm McDowell was great in this movie. No, he plays a he plays a, a good asshole and shit for sure. You know, because he is one. He's a good actor. He's a fantastic actor. <laughs> well, anybody can act like themselves. 
<laughs> uh, Kane. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I need to get this in before I kill him. Uh, <laughs> the I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate the theatrical cuts of this at a four point five. Okay. This movie right here, though, it's a three point five. The the wow. uh, the um, unrated director's cut. It's a three point five for me. It's the second Good. worst Halloween movie for me. I I I, I can't grasp the supernatural aspects of it. Okay, and that's just my. Well, own I appreciate opinion. that opinion. I appreciate your opinion. I appreciate yours, Matt, and I appreciate you, Hitchhikers. Your I mean your opinion of this movie, but I know a lot of you are on board with me. I know that for a fact. Oh yeah, you're it's, in the majority. I am in the majority. Is this mm-hmm. something that you would choose to revisit the watch, or is this another? I don't. I don't own this movie. Okay. You know, I choose not to own it. Okay. Now, I mean, this movie would probably have been really cool if it hadn't had Michael Myers in it. You know. Oh boy. I don't good. like that. I just don't like it. You mean Laurie Strode is the. As the antagonist? No, no. No Michael Myers, Laurie Strode people in this kind of movie. Just make it not a Michael Myers movie. So yeah. Halloween 3 again? No. Well, wow. Okay, so take that. At, hmm. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Hmm. I'll allow that. This I would been, like this to see. This would have been a good uh, story to throw in as an anthology story. You have uh, separated from Michael Myers. You have enlightened me to think: What if Rob Zombie did a Halloween-themed anthology in the light of Halloween Three? The idea, the idea, the, of the, the concept of Rob Zombie doing a interesting. Maybe, maybe that's why he did this movie. It's an Easter egg to itself, hmm. to Part Three. You know, it's just the oddball. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, three point five. Not a fan. Right. <laughs> well, this was written directed by Rob Zombie, obviously based on characters by oh, John shit. Carpenter and Deborah Hill. <laughs> Rated R with a runtime of an hour and forty-five minutes for the theatrical cut and an hour and fifty-nine minutes for the unrated director's cut. It was made on an estimated fifteen million dollar budget. It made fi- made sixteen point three million its opening weekend in the United States. It made thirty-three point three million in the United States. And worldwide, it brought in $39.4 million. It is not streaming anywhere. IMDb has this as a 4.9 out of 10 with a meta score of 35, a Rotten Tomato score of 21%, and an audience score of 45%. And honestly, that kind of surprises me. I figured that to be lower. Really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's given about where the ratings hate, are at, though. You know? Given the hate that this movie gets, I mean, because it's, I mean, this and it seems like in Resurrection are the ones that are in contention for the shitters, the cellar dwellers, you know what I mean? So, but, look, I'm fully aware that I'm in a minority here, and it might even be smaller than the King's fan following of Halloween 5, and I'm okay with that. And... In no way am I trying to attempt to compare Halloween 3 to Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, but I do believe that this entry in the franchise lies on the misunderstood side of things and has been discarded off to the trash heap completely unwarranted, in my opinion. Where did Roger Ebert land on this one? I just wanted to ask you before you get too far. 
I mean, we haven't done that for a long time. You're just you're gonna bring that up now. <laughs> yeah, I am. I don't know. This movie was in 2009. Roger Ebert died in 2013, as I have discovered. Oh, he did die. Oh, he did okay. die. Yeah. I, I just wanted to update the listeners who wondered about my previous statement. <laughs> okay. Where I wished him dead, unfortunately. <laughs> Untimely, I apologize. He died in 2013. No, I do not have. He probably didn't like it. He probably he was, didn't even bother. <laughs> yeah, at this point, done with Halloween reviews. But if I've learned anything over my years as a horror movie fanatic, I've learned this. If it's not what was expected, hoped for, or, or anticipated for, it's going to get shit on mercilessly by fans. And this is no exception. The afterbirth that was Resurrection, that plot, that didn't belong in a Halloween Michael Myers movie. This storyline, on the other hand, this was an even more bolder route taken by Rob Zombie than he did with the previous installment. Hear me out. I think this this is a smart concept, okay? The psychological ongoings that are happening with Michael, him seeing his mom as a ghost, the white horse, the young Michael Myers as a mouthpiece, the visuals with Laurie, with the King Jack, Earl Pumpkin, Bishop Trick, Lord Treat, the characters, that's fascinating to me. That's interesting. I don't feel it belongs in a Michael Myers movie, but I can't help to be drawn into those scenes because they're just, they're enticing to me. Huh. I, for whatever reason, like I said, it, they're I'm I'm drawn to that. So you're saying this movie is just better than Resurrection? It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, just better. I agree. Just with better. You I'm talking about just. I better. will agree. <laughs> I'm. I can't say just better. Well, you can you can be just wrong also. Sure. <laughs> but this is a route that nobody had the balls to venture down, and I applaud Rob Zombie for this. Okay. He wanted to show the fans of the franchise what was going on behind the mask when he wore it, but most importantly, what was going inside Michael's head. Something everyone has wondered at some point, so don't even pretend you haven't, because you have. Just stop it. We've all wondered, okay? If Michael Myers has sexual thoughts? Anything. What's going on in his head? What is he thinking? What are his motives? We've all thought that. Mm. Rob Zombie I was way chose... To take the route of I'm going to attempt to show you in my own way. I'm going to right. zombie it for but once you. But once you see oh, it, you, you, you realize that it's not the way to go. Because it because less is better. You know? I don't know. I, I, like the, I, I don't want an answer for why he is the way he is. Yeah, you know I don't know. But like, you did. Well, okay, well, you got... Um, okay. That aspect though was never thrown in, you know. He changed up the story completely, you know. Well, the yeah, white he horse did. Shit. Yeah, he absolutely it, did. It doesn't make any sense. Like the scene, you know, when, when, um, when he's in the hospital you know, as a kid, and he's got a a fucking white horse toy, and that's that is supposed to be real. I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. I and I forgot about that. It's a pl- it's it's a dumb plug to figure out to I me mean, to continue on with. This idea, I I don't know. But anyway. but anyway, sorry. No, it's you okay. Know, no, just I, I just don't get it. <laughs> but I I love the entire open to this movie. Uh, it's super intense. It's scary, and I'll go ahead and say this also. Even though the word fuck in every variation thereof is distributed around as freely as fall leaves dancing slowly to the earth. 
during a crisp autumn breeze, especially by Lori, I genuinely love Scout Taylor Compton's performance as Lori Strode in this this version. Uh, I think she absolutely one-ups herself from the last go-around. I feel this is a genuine tortured performance. I I really I liked it. Um, I don't really like this version of Loomis from Malcolm McDowell, but the reality of it, <laughs> I, I I could see where this behavior change is possible. You know, again going back to that realistic, you know, thing with characters in a in an arc that they would go in in real life. I mean, I see this as being very possible. But and, Carl. <laughs> You can't kill people. I don't know. <laughs> Doctor Loomis, no. You're you're not right. Go ahead. <laughs> I agree with Dave. <laughs> I don't like seeing Michael's face as much as we do, but I do understand the point being driven here by Rob Zombie. Without the mask, he's Michael Myers. With the mask, he's the shape. It's sometimes over the top, it's artsy at times, and it's very unlike any other Michael Myers movie to date. Now, and I don't want to say that the people that hate this movie, they don't get it or it's over their heads, but I do believe it's something they didn't expect and refuse to open their minds for whatever reason, and that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. Because you're good enough, you're smart enough, and I'm doggone it, people, people like you. Or you, yeah, yeah. whatever. Well, thanks, guys. Stuart Smalley. Yeah. <laughs> Daily affirmations. That's Carry right. on. But I connected with this entry. I enjoy it for what it is and for what it attempts to be. This is a very passionate 6 out of 10 for me. I was afraid you'd say that. Wow. 6 out of 10. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I like this movie. It. Uh, I thought I was pushing it with a 5. Wow. I mean, why are you, like, shaming me? <laughs> Because you're giving Halloween 2. Is. You did give fucking Halloween 5 a 9, bro. Yeah, and so, at a minimum an 8. <laughs> it was a spiteful 9. Yeah. But a, firm 8, But though. a straight up 8. <laughs> Easily. All day long. Okay. <laughs> I'll shut the fuck up. You're right. You win me this time. All right. <laughs> Okay, Hitchhikers, this concludes our reviews of Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007 and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 from 2009. We hope you enjoyed these reviews as much as we did diving into them. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast. Be on the lookout for new announcements and updates. And be sure to also visit the King Art Facebook page that is linked to the NHP page. And you can find a ever-growing variety of fantastic artwork from the King himself. I do drawings. You do. <laughs> you do damn I good drawings. I make pretty pictures. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't pay the bills, but I have fun doing it. That's but it counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you got to have a muse, man. People say, draw me this, draw me this. I'm like, nope. I want to draw Michael Myers. <laughs> That's what I want to do today. Right? But you can email the show at nostalgiahighwaypodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter. Our username is at HighwayNHP. So there's all kinds of ways to reach us. So if you have any ideas on any newer or older episodes, you can uh, reach out to us. And we'd love to hear from you. Since we're going all out for October for This is Halloween Month, make sure you tune in to episode 25, which will be on Halloween Day, just a couple days from now, where we will be reviewing the newest installment in the Halloween franchise, Halloween from 2018. 
to follow up with a franchise recap where we have like some uh, like we'll kind of go over like some franchise bests. We'll have some rankings with the Michael Myers masks, the portrayals, and obviously our uh, movie rankings. And you just tell them everything around it. Well, yeah, I mean we got to know Easter egg that shit, man. <laughs> well, come on, I mean it's only a couple days. All right, give them something. Give them some crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> We'll but, give you the lowdown, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of fun on that one. But, yeah, that'll come out episode 25. That'll be on Halloween. Uh, we'll put, put it out on midnight. Midnight. Yeah. So. For you late night. For you night owls. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That'll probably be a party or two going on. So, if you guys listen up, listen to this shit during party. Fuck it. Oh, yeah. Background. Why not? Why not? But on behalf of the Lord Ketchum and Dave King of the Road, I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logston. We thank you once again for hitching a ride along with us, and we'll catch you next time out on the highway. Well, that wasn't so bad, was it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Your rating was pretty bad. Nothing oh. McDowell can do no wrong, boys. <laughs> I mean, you and this guy. Who is this guy? Is this Chad? Is this yeah. Chad? This is Chad. Chad Fucking Thompson. Chad. Chad Fucking Thompson Chad. over here reporting in. <laughs> Coming to you live. I like this Loomis. <laughs> <laughs>